I don't know why I chose to replace my microphone 15 minutes before we were <laughs> supposed to start recording. That feels <laughs> foolish at best. It is great, though. We might not have all the issues that we've been having in the past. Well, yeah. Yeah, don't touch it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna touch it. I'm not gonna look at it. <laughs> oh, you welcome back. Thank you. Yeah, five weeks. Five weeks of uh, well, not being at home. Really. Nonstop <laughs> travel. Nonstop travel. I've seen yeah. only glimpses through a, a very few Instagram stories you've put out, which uh, made me, of course, very uh, homesick about Japan when you were there. It was lovely to be there. I think. Um, I think it's important to mention that. I posted a picture on my first morning in Tokyo of an alley yes. behind my hotel. And yes. Paul was able to correctly guess <laughs> the street that I was on. And there was no discerning features of this alleyway. There was no obvious landmark. But you you knew what direction I was facing yeah, and what shops <laughs> were on the street. And it's funny you mention it because... My hotel had a that the Lawson that you referred to built into it, no which way. is why I picked the hotel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, it was lovely. You went on Google Street Map or Apple Street yeah. or whatever, and you're like, yeah. "Oh, there's the Lawson." This is. <laughs> is it like is it, is it like, like on Booking.com? Like all the hotels that have a Lawson built in. There needs to be with enough stock of Sando, the uh, Mago Sando, Pakari Sweat. I I think I could ask ChatGPT like, <laughs> which hotels in this district of this city in Japan have <laughs> a Family Mart or a Lawson within ten feet? <laughs> All of them, I suppose. Well, that's the thing. Oh, then there was a. Of course, I don't have it with me in front of us, uh, guys. Let me just put this one. I just want to tell you both good luck. We're all counting on you. As you can see, we're absolutely talking about our travel. Uh, we'll get to that, guys. Um, there was a an article like two weeks ago about the number of uh, convenience or convenience stores in Japan per region per brand. Seven uh, Eleven is very heavy, of course, on the Tokyo region. Yeah, uh, but they were like Family Mart was pretty pretty big as well. I mean, there was like a. I mean, of course, in Tokyo, it's pretty equivalent with big three there's others obviously uh but in some other regions it's completely uh there were regions where 7-eleven for instance which is the most famous because for people because it has a presence abroad um that has no presence at all in some regions of japan i i learned that lawson which i think is my favorite but i love them all was founded founded in cuyahoga falls ohio yeah exactly in the u.s it's crazy. I did not know that. And of course, it doesn't exist anymore in the US. It was acquired by what is now Circle K, but yeah. it's it feels like such a Japanese brand, but it's it's, but it's not. I mean, heritage it is now. and provenance. Is, I think it was uh, an expansion Ohio. from the US brand and then yeah. the US brand disappeared and like exactly, yeah. It's is, like 7-Eleven. 7-Eleven yeah. was is exactly the same. 7-Eleven was an American firm and is now owned the, the holding company is Japanese. Believe it or not, Sorry, I just opened my sparkling water. Believe it or not, uh, the place I used to live in, in Shinjuku, down from my place, it was not Lawson, had a Tesco. Really? It had a Tesco. <laughs> Joseph Tame, whom we know and we salute. Yeah. Joseph Tame, the first time he came to see me, we didn't, of course, we didn't know each other at the beginning when I was living there, but we came to see me at my place. He's like, there's a Tesco. Yeah, because I, w I hadn't been living in the UK, of course, back then. You know, for me, it's now. Uh, but, so, so for him, it was like, story. my God, there's a Tesco. Of course, none of it was like a Tesco in the UK. For those who don't know, Tesco is one of the biggest uh, branches of uh, grocery shopping here in the UK. 
But it was, yeah, it was amazing. It's it's gone now. I think Tesco retreated from that market. Um, so it's, it's not the story like lost on it. It still exists. But yeah, yeah. out of Tesco. Well, I, I did see Joseph and he sends his best. The oh. legendary Joseph team, yep. We had oh, dinner. I didn't realize you saw him because mm-hmm. I know he's, he runs every day. I'm trying to beat him on, um, it's not Strava. We're using what, gyroscope or something. Mm. But this year, impossible because I only run five times a week. He literally runs every single day. He does run every single day. So... The other years I was able to beat him. It's a silly game when you like how many kilometers have you run? And I, now I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. I give up, Joseph. Sorry, you you won. <laughs> <laughs> you won definitely by very far. <laughs> um, before we put the music, a few. We're not going to do fe- feedback from the episode, the previous episode, because I want to have. Uh, we want to have Alex talking about all the trips, and he's done oh, quite a lot. I think seven flights, something ridiculous like that. So- <laughs> I don't even know exactly. I have some idea, but I don't even know. So I'll discover with you, the audience. Uh, we're recording today, the, the 18th of uh, August, uh, 2023. The, it's a very rainy day. So it's a perfect day, actually, here in London. I don't know how it is. Uh, a little bit. I feel it's here. imminent here, too. Yeah. Uh, just one thing. Uh, so thank you, Kyle, for the previous episode because the feedback we received oh, was really great. That was such a great episode. What a what a great guy. Thank you, Kyle. A lot of people were reassured. I think they were all in the same wavelength, like, uh, oh, it's kind of reassuring that you guys are telling us that we don't need to <laughs> bother too much with miles and status because everybody's kind of you know, weaning off of that uh, addiction to to some sense. Uh, again, we'll we'll do the, feed, the proper feedback a bit of it maybe next time, um, but. You remember Kyle told this story about um, being in Vietnam and uh, having this guy who gave him the two thumbs up with a cigarette telling him this is what the food, there was no dialogue besides that. Since the release of the episode, every single, so for five weeks in a row now, because we've been five weeks, um, four weeks, uh, the, the episode has been ranking number one in Vietnam. How funny is that? I don't know. They heard about it. Maybe Kyle, you become super, super famous. They want to know about you. I don't know. But thank you, Kyle, for making us being number one yeah, of, of all this time in Vietnam. And hello to our Vietnamese friends who are, who are listening. It's very nice of you to, to be here. Uh, the only shout out I want to make is to Elizabeth. She's been a very long time listener. You've listened to her just when COVID was starting with the episode that we did where Alex was not present. She just had a... Baby. Oh, congratulations. A newborn. So congratulations to, to Elizabeth. Uh, she's already introduced him to the world of airlines by going doing some uh, air, <laughs> airline spotting. I don't, I don't know exactly where he was. Probably somewhere around Manchester, maybe the, the airport. Uh, and the, the picture she sent me, there was a Lufthansa plane. Elizabeth, do not start with Lufthansa. No, 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 no. no. That's bad habits from the beginning. <laughs> I'm going to get angry emails from my <laughs> German friends now. Uh, let's play the, the intro music. So, um, no email from my German friends, please. Uh, Frank Loser, I didn't say anything bad about Lufthansa. <laughs> but like, it's time to have the first, uh, the first view of Alex. I just said a lot of people were very happy to hear that, uh, you know, it was not that important to have status as smile. I think it was your first travel without your goal status on BA, because I think you flew BA to the US. That was the first bit of the trip early July. Um, so first time over the Atlantic without your goal status. How was that? Yeah, it, it was. I th- it was my first long haul flight. I can't remember if I've done a short haul flight without it. I don't think so. But it 
I was quiet because I had the three kids and a lot of luggage. I was quietly dreading not being able to use the first wing because mm-hmm. the, it, it's a it's easier. Yeah. N- normally, you glide right through. You and I with our hand luggage only, and we go through to the security into the lounge. I have never been able to use that private security and get into the lounge with the kids because there's four of us in total and you oh, can yeah. only bring in one person. So uh, that bit I knew wasn't going to happen, but just the the calmness and the, the quickness, frankly, of being able to to check some bags in and, and the kids can go sit down on the sofas and somebody usually brings them something nice or fun, which is really sweet and, and kind. I was quietly dreading that. And when we approached the business class check-in, I hadn't realized, or I had forgotten that quite a lot of people have access to that queue now. Lots of, of, of tiers of, of, of status and also cabin classes as well. I can't remember the specifics, but it was more than I had remembered. And the queue was long. But to BA's credit, while the queue appeared long, it actually went quite quickly because they had lots of desks open and check in, unless there's an anomaly, it really isn't that hard a process. I mean, even for BA, you know, (laughs) it went, I mean, I think we were in the queue for like 25 minutes, which really is not the end of the world. My kids were very patient. They know that this takes a little bit of time. The bags were checked in and they confirmed that we had the, the, the Dreamliner, which we were on is three, three, three. And so we had three seats in the middle at the Mm -hmm. very back of the, of the first economy cabin. So we were up against the, the wall near the near the toilets and then my eldest son was across the aisle in the in the aisle seat and i picked those seats specifically because my my poor middle son jack is prone to air sickness and so being right by the bathroom is handy uh if i was a solo traveler and i'll come to that on my final flight back i wouldn't pick it at all but also being able to recline your seat immediately and not have to worry about the person behind you which i do worry about the person behind me was it yeah, because you're a good person well I, I just i also i have had the experience of somebody reclining yeah. in, into me immediately as, as, as the seatbelt sign goes off for 11 hours and that's a little bit tiresome but yeah uh, security was they let us through the the not the premium or fast track but the there's a family line or or uh, wheelchair line or buggy line where you can't go through the e-gates uh, into yeah. security. And actually they, they said, why don't you just go into, uh, into fast track? Fast track was populated almost exclusively by people who I don't think had ever been to an airport before. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the time of year, right? It's the time of year yeah. where you do that once, once a year trip or maybe once. A- I'm not ragging on these people. It was just like, I'm I'm proud of my children for many, many, many reasons. One of the reasons is that they have airport security down. My sons especially, nice. you know, like get the uh, the devices out and you go here and they know what to do at the end and they, they don't worry if they get randomly selected for a screening. And so through, I mean, T5 was an absolute zoo. And I think that is a real architectural flaw design flaw of that terminal there is a huge pinch point when you come through security yeah yeah, there is almost no space Space. between the end of the uh the the 
uh, conveyor belt where your bag comes out. Yeah, the screening belts. And then there's a balcony that looks down on the rest of the terminal. There may be 10 feet. Yeah. And people are trying to put themselves back together. They're waiting for family and friends or colleagues. You had you had herds of BA employees coming, waiting for shift changes, and you. It just feels cramped and claustrophobic and inefficient. And I'm sure that when they originally designed it, the machinery for the security process perhaps was more compact, or there was less of it, or whatever it might have been. But it feels like maybe a less huge, people. Huge issue, yeah. And it, and it, again, you know, to be fair, it was coming into the busiest weeks of the year for for Heathrow, and so it's Actually, not always like that. On that, um, I read something. It's the it was July, so when you left, was the fifth highest ever uh, month for passengers at Heathrow. Two things. First, it tells you that basically COVID is over. I mean, we know it, but I mean, yeah. The the only the only four that beat it were. July and August 2018 and July and August 2019. So this is the fifth. So basically, yeah, it was heaving. Uh, I mean, it's a good sign for travel, but probably T5 was not really made for that amount of people. There's always been the plan of expanding it to, you know, another bit on the other side of the the, the M25, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, I wish wish that would would progress purely from a a traveling perspective. So it, it, that whole terminal, you're right. It, I don't. It doesn't feel like it was designed to have that many people because even the 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 main thoroughfare through the terminal is swarmed, just <laughs> absolutely swarming with people. So it you know it takes some time to to get through people. But again, like my kids are well versed in it. They they're they're reasonably patient, and we always end up at the Wagamama there because it's one of the few things where I know that everybody will have something that they can they can eat, and they actually have that. It's really? reasonably Wagamama. efficient. Yeah, yeah, the kids like it, and it. And, I and like it's, it. It's, uh, it's a, yeah, it's yeah, it's predictable, yeah. and they. Ha- it's one of the few airport airport eateries that have the process down. They they know they have a a, re- a a limited menu. They have a fast track menu. The process to pay is done over f- QR code, so the huh. whole thing feels streamlined. They have a fast track menu. What does that mean? Yeah, a few airport eateries have this, where if you only have a short period of time, order these things. Oh, because we can we can get them out quicker. quicker. Um, yeah. Then you know, I think the a lot of the Jamie Oliver or was it the Gordon Ramsay ones. Anyway, either one of the the chef restaurants had that as well. But it's it's a it, it works well, and we were we were out out quickly, and then it sort of started to unravel a little bit. And I was bracing for it. I kind of knew it would happen. But I, I, the last time that I want to delay is when I have the kids in tow and we have an 11-hour flight ahead of us. But I checked while we were sitting down. I just look at the flight status, see if the gate's been announced. And, of course, Flighty was the one that told me there's a 30-minute delay. Okay, well, 30 minutes, that's not the end of the world. Let's go and find our gate. And I, the gate is announced, and I'm like, a gate? For a Dreamliner? Oh, yeah. no. Bus gate. Okay, well, you know what? We'll be on the first bus because there's the kids and we'll be blah, blah, blah. So we go down and it's that weird, I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's, you go downstairs from the main concourse and there's a few, there's a few A gates. You're, you're at, you're at tarmac level and you, they do a really terrible job of saying where the gates are, because I think there's like <laughs> A, 
and I'm, I'm making these up, like eight through 15 are downstairs. And you get downstairs and then there's no signage telling you which gate is which. And it's a long corridor. So you're like, yep. uh, where do I go? Which direction do I go? It's Ours was all man. the way down at the end. But the amount of people that came to our gate and were like, I'm ready to check in to Zurich. I go, no, no, that's down all the way at the other end. <laughs> you're not telling <laughs> So eventually they do the the pre-boarding call. And you're basically put into a pen, of course, because then you're waiting yep. for the bus to come. And they, they pull up alongside. There's a 30-minute delay and, a, and then a, an hour delay. Mm. And then it, it, it's creeping and creeping and creeping. <sighs> and it, at, I will give BA credit, and I will always give BA credit when it's due. The, the chat managing the check-in process or the, the boarding process did a phenomenal job of keeping us all updated. Whether he had news or not to share, he always made an announcement saying, here's what I know, and here's what's going to happen next. And was true to his word. He said, in 10 minutes, I'm okay. going to call the airplane and I'm going to find out what the status is. 10 minutes later, an announcement. They're still working on it. It was The, the fault was air conditioning and it was very, oh. very hot. So they couldn't board us. There's no way that they can board yeah, us. Yeah. And at that point, you, you can't get mad at it. It's a mechanical problem and it will take as long as it takes to get resolved. And all that you hope for is what this chap was doing, which is yeah. frequent updates, whether you've got something to tell me or not. Mm-hmm. And they did a really good job with that. They did pre-boarding, but then they stopped. So there was just a pen of us with wheelchair access, uh, wheelchair p- uh, folks, and then you know people with with young with young children, and that was it. They stopped the rest of the boarding process. Eventually, about ninety minutes after we were due to to actually take off, they started the buses coming, and we all we all boarded. In that period, there was a a lady in a wheelchair who was relentlessly pestering this guy <laughs> saying this is bad you know uh, how, yeah why can't you guys get a flight out on time what you know this is ridiculous i've had a look in every san jose we we're flying to san jose california every san jose flight for the last week has been delayed which was false um why can't you do this what's going on what are they doing out there are they just probably they're not probably doing probably not doing anything are they they're just jerking around right and like <laughs> god and it and it made a sort of slightly tense situation even more tense because yeah. what is this this guy's like I'm doing my best and he really was so I thought, okay well you know jerks will be jerks yeah exactly yeah we all get on the bus we go out to the airplane the kids think it's cool because you're walking up and there's this, these yeah. huge airplanes all around you and there's planes taking off on the runways and it's a long bus ride but for me I'm like look at all the things you know this is great I don't care Come up to the Dreamliner, step on board, take our seats. Kids immediately pull out their devices and they're happy. They don't, they don't really mind. Good. Everybody boards. We don't do anything. We don't do anything. <laughs> we don't do anything. We don't do anything. And it turns out that this woman is sat across the aisle from us. Oh, oh come on. You'll have a live commentary of what's happening then. 100%. That's exactly what happened. She went off. And she was, and any sing, any person, any any member of the cabin crew that came by, she grabbed them and said, "This is ridiculous. What is what is the pilot 
doing up there? Is he up there having a wank? Like, I'm not making this up. That's exactly really? what she said. Like, oh, it's just ridiculous. On. What are they doing? And then she said, come. you know, the, the San Jose flight has never left on time for the last six months. I'm like, well, last time I heard this, it was, it was a week. And again, that's patently <laughs> untrue. And it, and, and when, when there was not a cabin crew member present, she was complaining out loud to anybody that would listen. Like no one was listening, but she was just talking and talking. And it started to get very tense because she wouldn't shut up and she was getting angrier and angrier and they would have two flight attendants spending. And this was while they were trying to secure the cabin and the cap, the, the flight deck crew were trying to get the flight out before they ran out of hours. And it was, you know, the, a piece of equipment had to be um, replaced, a small little thing, but then the software update had to be run and the plane had to be powered down and then repowered back up to allow that software to, just like a freaking computer, right? You Yeah, a router, you, I was about to say. Yeah, you run your you run your update and you got to restart to to make <laughs> to finalize everything. That's what has to happen with the airplane. You know, you and I, any reasonable person would have gone, that sounds fine, that sounds familiar. This woman would not let it go. They eventually had two cabin crew, including the in-flight manager, playing good cop and bad cop. I'm so oh. sorry, ma'am. I'm so sorry. And then they threatened her with removal. Good. Uh, I mean, come and on, that's point. If we have to offload your cranky ass, we are going to be out of hours because we're going to have to get your bags off the airplane. And that's that's an hour, easily. That's an hour. And eventually, we, and at this point, we're by the time we actually push back, we're delayed. It's three hours, three hour delay. And she uh, quiet down by that no. moment. No. Um, and everybody was looking at each other, rolling their eyes um, within a few rows of uh, of us. We eventually get in the air. I was really proud of my kids. They were so patient. It's 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 frustrating for them and for me and for everybody else on board yeah. when you have a three-hour creeping delay and you know you have an 11-hour flight ahead of daytime mm -hmm. flight ahead of you. Not to mention having this, the, the whole thing ratcheted up by this woman. The rest of the flight is reasonably uneventful. And she talks and talks and talks and talks and talks to her long-suffering partner next to her. Who, but really to anybody that will listen. Oh, and a, God. And a, there's, there's quiet. She passes out. Um, and, the, the, you know, the service is fine. It's a Dreamliner, so it's got the old, old, less dense IFE. The food was okay. The flight just goes on and on and on and on and on. About 90 minutes before landing, she starts up again. Oh, really? She starts up again, and, you know, they, they do the same tactic, tactic of good cop, bad cop. And, and remember, she's a, it's important to reiterate at this point, she is a wheelchair customer. And there's protocol to get them on and off the airplane. We land at San Jose. If you know San Jose Airport, it's the the runway is right next to the terminal, so it is yeah. without exaggeration a ninety second taxi, and your wheels hit the ground. I, I discovered this airport thanks to you when yeah, we it, met in California. It's and fantastic. I'm a big, Very big, easy. big fan of that airport. We land, and as soon as we turn off the runway, she takes her seatbelt off and stands up, and she's like, "I'm not waiting around." <laughs> Let's that, and to her husband, like, let's go, let's get our bags. I'm not going to, you know, you, and her husband's like, sit, what are you doing? Sit down. <laughs> and she's like, what are you talking about? You never follow the rules. And all of us are looking at each other like, are you, this is like some kind of prank TV show. Like, where are the Yeah, cameras? I was about to say, where's the camera? 
and their their cabin crew like sprint over. They're like, "We're we're still taxiing. We're moving. What are you doing?" She's like, "I'm sick of waiting around." And she's starting grabbing. And they eventually say, "You need to sit down, or we're going to have to call the police to come onto the airplane, and that will delay everybody." And everybody's still looking at her, going, "If you make us wait." <laughs> Because the generally the way that works when the cops or paramedics or anybody needs to come on board, everybody's got to stay seated until they remove the person, and then you can. We're all looking at her like you have. Oh, don't you freaking do! <laughs> Apparently, she was placated. Never saw her again. Of course, immigration. There's no a lot of international service to the to San Jose has been reduced since COVID. No one in immigration, so we go through very quickly. The Airplane is literally on the other side of the wall from the baggage claim, so they they pass the bags through, and it's like it's there. I love it. Get home, no problem. I have never witnessed behavior like that on an airplane before in my life, and I've been on planes with people who were drunk out of their minds with mental yeah. problems and you know and and other ailments. I have never ever witnessed behavior like that in my life, and I thought the cabin crew handled it in an exemplary fashion. Yeah. At the yeah, busiest never, point of the flight. I've never seen that either. Like you, I've seen like drunk and some stupid behaviors, but not that level. I mean, wow. I've, I've There was a, like in the th latest three newsletters of Hayata, mm -hmm. uh, it was all about disruptive passengers, that there has been a right. So the numbers are still very yeah. small because of course, I mean, besides the story you just tell us, told us, the, um, you know, once per week, you seem to be reading something on some newspaper yeah. telling us that some something happened. The, the numbers are still small, but they're still a rise. So um, I don't and, know. It, and you know. you hear often about these, like you said, these 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 people, you know, with with psychological issues, and you have a you have a, a great deal of, of of sympathy and I guess patience and understanding for that. For the drunk stuff, you kind of roll your eyes. Yeah. This was something else. This was a deeply, deeply unhappy human being. Yeah. Uh, a narcissist, maybe, I don't know, but. Probably. It, to, to have that sense of entitlement to disrupt people doing their jobs to that level uh, was just an infuriating thing to watch. I, yeah. I guess I'm saying there was no, there was no, nothing you could attribute it to. Where you could go, okay, I kind of understand. Um, it's still frustrating, but I kind of, there's none of that. And I think everybody some, in the cabin felt the same. Plus at some point, let go. I mean, you're in the air. Yeah. So, you, okay, there was a delay, blah, blah, blah. No matter what, you're now flying. What What are you going to do? You're going to keep complaining for the rest of the flight? Yeah. I mean, I I don't know. At some point, yeah. yeah. I, was, I, was, I was expecting her to appear in the baggage hall and get just set upon by an angry mob of her fellow passengers. But like you said, <laughs> we were there. We could all let it go. She will not have let it gone, yeah. but we we all let it go. We all let it go, and it was oh. it, it was a very strange start to that <laughs> to the trip. But <laughs> you know, all is well that ends well. The kids, I, I was uh, like I keep saying, I was proud of them because it's not a small feat to do that, and and they and they were great. So, and you know, I think BA handled it well. My expectations were set for the product, so it wasn't any. There was nothing good or bad beyond what I already knew it would be. Um, the crew. Really looked after the kids, especially my my son. Routinely get from two hours out of the, he will, uh, you know, forgive the kind of 
grossness of the, he will be sick nonstop for two hours. And to the point wow. where a few years ago, they honest, they were prepping for a diversion once on the same yeah, route. Yeah, I think you told me. Yeah, was yeah, it on a podcast at it all? It was on a yeah. podcast. Yeah, they were prepped because it was, it was like, they're like, this is not, we've, we've spoken to the medical team on the ground. They all use this third party service that they can connect to on the ground. Yeah. And they said, look, you know, if he doesn't stop, then uh, you, you need to divert. But they, they looked after him. They were all very concerned. And it wasn't just one person. It was multiple crew who came by like, what does he need? You know, what we can get him, we can get him bedding from, from business to make him more comfortable. And like, just, just keep bringing sick bags until I tell you to stop. That's all, all we need. But your, your genuine kindness is, is, uh, is really appreciated. So, so, so I know I, I talk crap about BA all the time and I will continue in this podcast, but uh i appreciate them looking after my son like that so it was yeah yeah i think uh, uh, i've heard now i didn't take a lot of notes because it's mostly alex speaking today but i've heard that ba agreed to um a better pay for mm. all the staff so excluding pilots because they're two different unions and stuff right and also, I think they also went back to better terms compared to the harsher terms that were during the pandemic. Yeah. Where they also, was there something about rehiring some of the people that were cut loose during the pandemic as well? So maybe they're trying as well to kind of rebuild that culture that we've been talking about that yeah. is missing some of the bits of the people with the memory of that culture that have left. I don't know. I'm just, you know, it's, uh, we always said here, let's put COVID aside in that dark period for our travel we always said that ba had um hidden was hidden miss sometimes in the in the delivery of that culture on board but a lot of people seem to say it's slightly getting it's hinging towards being better so yeah i'm not saying it's only the fact that ba has been giving uh, pay right pay rises and better terms and so, so on but they are probably aware of it to they, they, uh, they can't not be aware of it I, yeah, I, I mean, with the volume of criticism that has come through over the last several years, and I think that they can look back at a legacy of leadership that let them down. And I, they, they basically said that. I mean, the new CEO had did that interview. Was it in the Times or the FT recently? It was a long, long interview. He he he, he basically said that. He basically said we had we lost, we didn't have good leadership. And he's not saying we didn't have good leadership because until I came along, he's not saying that at all. But it was, it was an interesting acknowledgement of wilderness years for BA and the, the damage of which is, is, is deep and will take years and hundreds of millions of pounds to rectify. But yeah. I think that they're starting to see some shoots uh, emerge yeah. from, from their work, which I is great. I think the right... The now I, I think I remember it was you know the the fire and rehire thing they did during COVID with worse terms. I think they agreed for those people that had been rehired with worse terms to go back to t early twenty twenty terms. That's mm. what happened. I think I'm pretty sure. Besides, on, on top uh, a pay rise. I mean, this is also simply inflation. So you have to kind of some point give <laughs> some yeah, pay yeah. rise to to keep up. But yeah, so yeah. I'm not saying this is only the reason. But it shows maybe a willingness to yeah. be less, you know, it's confrontational with it's the staff. Yeah. yeah, it's absolutely going to help. Just yeah. with morale and morale will absolutely affect, you know, customer yeah. service and, and service delivery. So it, you, you can start to see that. I will continue flying on BA because A, I have to, and B, I'm sort of morbidly curious to see how this 
this transformation project goes. And it is a formal transformation project. They've acknowledged that as well. So we'll be interested to see how the, how the rest of that goes. But yeah, that was the first of seven flights. <laughs> Before you go to the next one, maybe telling us a little bit how was uh, California since you were on BA. Whilst you were away, you probably, because I'm sure you were also... Uh, reading some of the news, maybe not, because you also had a good time. Um, Finair joined Avios. Yeah. It just announced, so they will be, so now you will have, of course, BA, Beria, Aer Lingus, Qatar, and Finair. Uh, I don't know how they will, you know, Qatar, you could just link your card with BA. Others, you have to go on avios.com to kind of try to find a way. I think that's Aer Lingus. Uh, Iberia, don't, I've never tried, so I don't know how you, you make that work. But for Finair, Finair Plus, I think, is the name of the program. We'll be joining Avios as well. So to your point, if you wanted to keep flying BA, it's also becoming interesting to have one pool of points that you can move across now uh, five airlines. Yeah, um, That's something that it can be because... I have some points locked at, you know, I don't know, JetBlue, whatever. I don't know what to do with them, you know, yeah. unless I actually fly JetBlue, which, by the way, I might not fly in, I'm going to New York um, in uh, October, November. I might not fly them, not a price. I'll go about that when we reach that point. Uh, there's a reason for that. It will be an interesting airline if I try to mm. forget what I want. But however, here, it suddenly makes, uh, it's interesting to have one pool of points that you can share across different airlines. Yeah. Um, and also, once you were away, uh, Iberia is joining the the joint venture of BA and Qatar Airways, so actually joining the, the joint venture, which means you know that they they cooperate on schedule, on pricing. They're, they're they have a share of revenue as well, uh, which now creates this um, so, so a tighter integration. Uh, I think now you'll be able to go from like what did they say on the press release? Account for more than two hundred destinations from Madrid. Mm. So it's that's interesting. It means like there's a. I think it must be. I mean, we talked about it last time with Kyle about Delta, but I think this must be the biggest joint venture for airline in the world. Yeah, now, probably. Be. I don't know how you would calculate if it's revenue or destinations or fleet, but it must be one of the biggest in at least one of these um, conditions uh, that I just mentioned. I'm wondering, you know, somehow, is it is it not BA getting back at Emirates uh, 10 years ago where they grabbed Qantas and they'll say, you know what, we're going to grab, we, we, we are aligning with Qatar. We, I mean... I'm not saying that BA is driving the conversation here. I'm just saying it's, uh, it's no, funny it's that interesting. how the world... And I, I think what I keep thinking about is, what, are, the, are the competition authorities kind of raising their eyebrows at some of these alliances? I mean, they've in the US, they've, they've pulled apart the Northeastern Alliance uh, with... Yeah, I agree. However, you know, here we're talking international. So uh, as in, you know... Qatar will not have such a bigger foothold in 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 Madrid, for instance, in the case of the, the GV. So it's it's hard in the US is because it's it's a single market. Yeah. Uh, in your, if it were only maybe within the EU, there might be something. But here we're talking about yeah, airlines that's that are. True. And honestly, let's be honest, <laughs> the, the Spanish authorities could already have said something because basically Madrid is owned by IAG completely. There's almost no one else now yeah. doing it. You know, the, you true. also got Euro, Air Europa, whatever. So. Anyway, so the um, and on Finair, and then I'll let you go back on, on to your story on Finair. Just I read that the other day, and it was so I was happy that they joined Avios. However, they did a new thing. Now you can only bring in business class on Finair twelve kilos in the cabin, mm. uh, even with a long flight. Twelve is really low. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm taking twenty because of so much, so many toiletries or whatever. Right, right, right. <laughs> 12 it's uh and there's no like exception for one world 
Emerald, whatever, you know, like uh, all the other airlines do. So it's not a great deal to this have only 12. I think they started at 10 and there was so much uproar, they went to 12. But I'm like, you know, uh, you know, with, with my cameras, I, I'm pretty quickly getting to 10. So then I have no room for nothing else. I don't, it's not a big deal. I'm just saying it's, I hope it's not a trend. Oh, it's definitely a trend. Oh, God. It's definitely a trend. 100%. I know. 100%. I wanted you to reassure me. But no, <laughs> I'm I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but it is definitely a trend. Oh, and the big one, sorry, and then we'll go back to your story. The big one, obviously, is BA is moving to a revenue-based fly, freaking flyer program. Enhancement. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that, yeah. Was, that was a joke, that email, come on. The email it was, it was a joke. It was a joke. I mean, it was it was spun as this is great news, everybody, yeah. and anybody who knows anything about frequent flyer accrual knows it's not a, it's not a good thing. No, it's not it's, good unless thing. you're a big spender, you're basically worse off. Yeah. And by the way, it's fine. We knew it was coming. We've been discussing it a lot in the past. Other airlines have done it. We discussed this in the last episode about yeah. the situation in the U.S. The dev- it's it's a devaluation of sorts, by the way, as well. It's it's okay. We knew it was coming. It was expected. Do not spin it like the. Just tell us the facts. Yeah. Like you know, just. I mean, for guys, if you because of course, if you're not based in the UK or you're not member of um, BA's program, you might have not received that email. Just look it up. It just the it, it's almost like you know putting a knife into you and then kind of twisting it because like oh look, it's great. Yeah, yeah. More opportunities. Get more avios. Making a program even better for you. I'm like. Come on, just state the fact. Don't yeah. go around. It would have been okay. I mean, the uproar would have happened anyway. So yeah, exactly. exactly. And we knew it was coming. It was not a surprise. So, yeah. by the way, currently I think so. That starts in October. So until October, every booking you do, even if they're for post October, will still be judged by the current um, distance system and class, etc. So fair class. Um, however. Even after the 13th of October, if you book through BA holidays, it will still be the old program. And probably, that will have to be tested, if you book by, let's say, uh, by Qatar Airways, you go on Qatar Airways, you book a flight for BA, no matter the integration, because BA's IT systems are so bad, they cannot, they won't be able to know what exactly you've paid for, so they would still apply the old, so... Uh, not that I will start doing that because it starts being very complicated, but there will be ways for those who love their miles uh, to maybe game the system a little bit, at least at the start until BA reacts, until they actually get to their IT act together, which is not tomorrow. No. Anyway, uh, how was California? Yeah, it was good. Lovely weather, of course, and uh, actually hot, very hot at points. Uh, you, you chose the best moment to leave because... Yes. The UK was, I've been living here 12 years, and it was the worst summer, if I can, can even call that a summer, we've, I've had in the past 12 years. It's not that it was only, it was raining, it was like 18, 19 Celsius. It was like, what is going, it's now better. Now that you've come back, it's better. Yeah. So thank you for bringing some it's California weather back. At least I but you really chose a perfect time. That's what everybody said. My my family were all messaging me saying, this is just awful and, yeah. you know, enjoy what you've, awful. What you've got. Yeah, yeah, they, like unprecedentedly bad, as you as you said. So I, I was happy to escape that and I enjoyed my time in California. Um, but I was, I, 
I spent quite a lot of, not quite a lot of time, but you know, every now and then tinkering with this reasonably complicated trip that Megan and I had ahead of us um, with lots of different flights and lots of different airlines and lots of moving parts and uh, pretty ambitious actually, at least for the, for the two of us. And you know, not to mention taking her to a country that she'd never been to before and a continent she'd never been to before. So I was a little cognizant of that, at least going, you know, this is trying to set expectations of it's going to feel very different, but we chose Japan, not just because I'm like, I haven't been there in five years and I was jonesing, but Zip Air, who we have mentioned on the podcast before, which is a low cost, long haul arm of JAL, reasonably new, had started flying to San Francisco just the month before. I think their inaugural was in the middle of June. And yeah. they'd also, they, they fly to San Jose where I flew into, and they also fly to yep. LA and I think San Diego as well, actually. And they're all um, up until very recently, actually. I don't think San Diego, I think it's in the US is, well, I could be wrong. I think it's LA, San Jose, San Francisco, Honolulu. Honolulu. I think maybe they announced San Diego. I can't uh, remember. Maybe, yeah. or they were going the, the, la the latest one they've just uh, done is Manila, Manila because they yeah. also fly to Singapore, to Bangkok, uh, Incheon probably, yeah. and yeah. Manila was just introduced like maybe a few weeks ago. It started a few weeks ago. Yeah, I saw you know I saw the picture with the the welcome oh, yeah, with the, the, the water thing. It was cool. Yeah. It's it seems to be going very well for them because of this expansion, and they're they're actually getting new airplanes now uh, on yep. this as opposed to having gel hand me downs, which is what they yeah were. exactly. <laughs> But well, they're good hand-me-downs, though. Come they're on. good hand-me-downs. They're older 787s, and ours was 10 years old. But the, what what was most compelling about it, not just Japan, was that it was insanely cheap. Yeah. Just incredible. Like, well, when you told me the price, and you will tell it to the audience now, when you told me the price, I'm like, yeah, I would have done the same. I would have flown. I mean, I was always interested. I've never flown, of course, ZPR. They just uh, they had just started just before the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, literally, like maybe, what, a year before? Mm -hmm. They had like one single aircraft. It was very early on. It was a move, by the way, by JAL to try to uh, react to AirAsia X, which yeah. was expanding very rapidly, including to Japan. And they wanted to offer their own version of a long-haul low-cost. Uh, of course, then the pandemic happened. During the pandemic, I think they, they kind of... They did some cargo to survive, mm -hmm. even though, I mean, I'm sure they had like some injection from, from JAL. And now they are in their, what they were supposed to be, they're expanding again. But when you told me the price, yeah. I was like, God damn. Yeah, well, I mean, let's <laughs> contextualize this for a second. Because yeah, right now, for us to fly from London to Japan, you're paying well over a thousand pounds. From where, you say? From London. Yeah. Easily. And of course, you know, there's lots Easily. of reasons for that. Uh, less capacity, much longer flights because you're not able to fly over Russia. So there's fuel, blah, blah, yep. blah, blah, blah. It's like prohibitively expensive. Even if you go yep. via the Middle East, it's you're, no, you it will is. not pay less than 1,000 pounds. I'm pushing back my, my trip because it's still, to, for me, it's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's insane. And I'm just going to do a quick conversion here because I said pounds um, and I want to put it in the same thing, but it was... <laughs> The, the flight, the one-way flight from San Francisco to Narita with 219 pounds. Wow. All taxes and fees. How much it was in dollars? 279. That's insane. Man. Now let's, let's, 
that's amazing. And why would why yeah, wouldn't you? I, I wanna I wanna know why. I mean, why? How was the experience for that? Yeah. However, of course, I would have done the same. Yeah. It's this is kind of pricing super. I remember going. We're talking here, 1997. I flew from Geneva to New York on an airline that doesn't exist anymore. This was called SWA, Swiss World Airways, mm. or something like that. They're like they, they didn't last. I paid two hundred dollars yep. for return. Yeah. Of course, I would do it. It was not about going like in a nice seat or whatever. No, no, of course, no. it was '98. I was I was not, you know, I didn't have any money. But what? Of course, you would do it. Yeah. I would have done the same. I'm expecting. I want to know how it was inside. Well, yeah, how it I was. You're gonna tell us because there's just a, a, a um, nostalgia trip. There's Jal. There was. A, I remember seeing it somewhere. There was an ad, probably in the early '90s or maybe the '80s, and the the, the tagline of the the, the the ad is, "We do not. We don't economize in economy." Mm-hmm. So are they economizing in they, the yes. economy? I, I, That's I, my question. Absolutely. It's, they are a long-cost, low-cost, long-haul airline. So everything is a la carte. You are paying simply for the right to get onto the airplane. If you want anything else, you're going to pay for it. Okay. But, but the expectation was set very early on, and their website is very basic in its layout mm-hmm. and its function. And... When you book, you have the opportunity to add on packages where you would get the uh, ability to book a seat and a meal and uh, various other things like uh, uh, checked baggage, mm-hmm. increased weight of cabin baggage. Oh, So let's start with that one. So you okay. get seven kilos carry-on allowance Okay, uh, just mm-hmm. with that $279 ticket. That's it. Um, so no ch- no choice of seat, whatever. No it's, choice of seat, no nothing, nothing at all. And so okay. we ended up just add, uh, uh, adding, bumping up to the twelve kilograms for. I can't remember how much it was, but it was it was reasonable so that we were hand luggage only and all of that. Um, and that was the only add on that we got. I think maybe I paid to book. In fact, I did pay to book to book the seats, but that was it. I didn't want anything else. I didn't need a checked bag. I didn't need. Uh, a meal or anything like that. We we knew that. Yeah, but the seat, I would have done the same. Yeah, because I, I didn't know how busy it was going to be. Yeah, and it all felt even that even with those add-ons, it still came up. But what's interesting actually is that that aggressive pricing has dragged down the other carriers. So A and A, JAL, United, I think are the other three that fly to to Tokyo, whether it be Haneda or Narita from San Francisco and even those were sort of 580 bucks which is good which a round trip mm-hmm. which is um no pardon me not round trip runway which is still pretty good because it's a full 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 service fare they use the international terminal at San Francisco check-in was interesting because it was very um it was obviously a third party handler it wasn't JAL people and it wasn't their own it was a one of the many third party probably hallmark that they used at uh, at san francisco and it was this perfect blend of pr- japanese process mm-hmm. but but american slash california like relaxed attitude towards it like not sort of by the rules 100 percent, no matter what as you often can get in japan yeah. And so we approached the check. We were maybe fourth or fifth in line. 
uh, for, for checking because we'd gotten there quite early. And the we had our both of our kind of you know wheelie bags, our carry on bags, and checked in and gave us the the ticket or the boarding pass. And she said, "Do you have any check in luggage?" No. Okay, just make sure it's under twelve kilos. It's fine. Bye. There was no weighing. There was no measuring. I'm very sure that they were more than 12 kilos. Um, <laughs> but it wasn't, a, it wasn't a, and I think because she said the flight is light, you have the seat between you is, is empty. And I think oh. knowing that, was, you know, yeah, there was were much less, less tough. Yeah. <laughs> you know, scrutiny yeah. over what we were bringing. They, they don't, they don't participate in TSA pre yet. Mm-hmm. And that's on, I've forgotten it's on an airline by airline basis. So you just went through regular security, which was a breeze because San Francisco has also adopted the, uh, I can't remember the name of the technology that they have now at Gatwick in London city where you don't need to remove particle. You know, somebody will tell us, Yeah, you know, the one time where you don't need to take anything out of your bag anyway. Uh, so you can just pass it through and it's it, it might as well be tsa pre you don't have to take anything out yeah. um i think the thresholds for things on your person are reduced so you need to take your watch off and your belt and your shoes and all that stuff but nothing comes out of your bag straight through the lounge situation at san francisco international a terminals is totally screwy at the moment <laughs> because some are closed some are only open for certain hours what used to be a priority pass lounge is only a priority pass lounge for a certain amount of time during the day and you can only some of them you can only stay in there for 30 minutes 30 30 minutes they were like they would you would go in apparently i they were they weren't accepting us uh during the time that we wanted to go and uh they i went online and i was reading like what the hell's going on about san francisco airport and apparently when you entered they would give you a piece of paper that would have the time you entered print on, and they would then go around the lounge and look at people's pieces of paper no. and saying, out, out, out. Come. This was a third-party lounge, and eventually I looked around and I saw that we could get into the China Airlines Dynasty oh. Dynasty Lounge okay. way up in the bowels uh, on the fourth floor uh, near where the old Virgin Lounge was. And they were incredibly friendly. They said, look, you can go in. We had this sort of VIP area which is basically just a smaller room with a door. Uh, you, oh. You're welcome to go in there until four o'clock, and then I'm going to have to ask you to leave because my flight, my China Airlines flight, they're yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Come. Like, this is great. That's cool. And our flight was at five anyway, so we would have been gone by then. It was a comfortable lounge. They had a Asian-y food, so some quote-unquote fried rice and all that. It was perfectly well-appointed, very comfortable for what we needed at the moment able to spend about an hour there before going down to boarding. And I had forgotten how Japanese airlines board. We're down uh, the <laughs> downstairs gates at, uh, at San Francisco international on the a pier. And there's no priority boarding because there's no business class. There is business class seats. There are business class seats. I was about to ask you that because the business class seat, at least on the pictures, look like pretty cool. I mean, maybe not the latest, yeah. latest, latest. They look a cool, like very nice business class seats. The herringbone. Yeah, they may even have a door leather seat, but there's no screen. There's no screen on any on any seat, and you get nothing else other than the seat. That would work for me. It would work for me too. It was a little bit. It's not three hundred. It was a grand, I think. Dollars. Yeah, it's dollars. way ex- more expensive. Yeah, but you, no meal. No, no priority boarding, no lounge, no extra 
baggage allowance, nothing. It's quite an ingenious model. I'll be very interested to see if they stick with it because we've yeah. seen that that tiered business class price yeah. online. Was it Finn that, that unbundling of, of business yeah. class. I'm wondering because since the, the, the current um, Dreamliners they have came from JAL, of course they had a business class. Now that they will start receiving the new ones that are completely, you know, direct orders. Yeah. I'm wondering how they will be fitting them inside. These, uh, these the, the interior, of, so the, just to go back to the boarding thing for, for a second, yeah, it ahead, was sorry. basically like, you know, a, a laminated sign that was like rows X to X and everybody just went when they were supposed to go. And then another laminated sign, rows X to X, you know, rows X, and everybody, you know, it was very calm and very organized. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot. I like, this is great. Which is kind of funny because the flight back was not that, but I'll get to that later maybe. Um, <laughs> and I, I, the interior of the airplane was interesting because it, it, it had obviously been refitted. These were all new seats mm -hmm. because none of them had, none of them had screens. Like I said, very austere. But but clean, if you know it, like very Japanese yeah. Yeah. minimalist. There was no no kind of embellishment, nothing like that. There was a black carpet that was strangely worn down uh, for the oh. compared to the rest of the cabin. Everything was monochromatic, so the the seat backs were sort of this off white. the The seats themselves were black, and this is the same in the in the rest of the cabin. The the cabin crew black and white uh, uniforms. The seats were, were more than comfortable. We didn't end up having anybody in the middle. It was an interestingly timed flight because it was a s perpetual dusk. So we take off oh, about half past five yeah. in the evening and land at, at Nuita at about, I think, 9.45 p.m. So you're perpetually in mm -hmm. dusk, which is lovely because the light is just fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, we Do they do they, do they they close the, the blinds? Oh, no. So you're free to do. You're, yeah, you they were not locked on. Actually, on any of my Dreamliner flights, they weren't locked. So you could you could look out and see, um, but That's nothing great. really. The Pacific for for ten yeah. hours. <laughs> but it was the the even though you know what? Sorry to interrupt. All your description about how it looks like it's. I think, if I'm not mistaken, before they announced the name, and we might have talked on on this podcast, maybe 2018 or something. I, I tend to remember they were calling it a new basic airline themselves. Mm -hmm. It's a we are a new basic airline. So really, and a basic not in a derogatory no, or no, negative no. way. Like they're, I think they really went to the essence of, like you said, the, the seats were probably what gray yeah. or something. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like absence of colors is basic. It's like a Muji for in an airline. That's exactly what it felt like. It 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 was basic but not cheap, and it didn't feel mm -hmm. and it was basic but not casual either there was still the formality that you would expect it's not wamosh no 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 exactly <laughs> it had that level of 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 service uh yeah. almost to the point of theater that you or or not theater but sort of ceremony if you will that you yeah. have in basically in a combini as well where there's mm -hmm. thing protocol almost yeah and everything was done through the wi-fi so you could um watch they had like without exaggeration six six movies uh <laughs> and maybe one or two tv shows and and that's about it there was very little oh. content on there and uh, which bring is your own which i knew i knew i was yeah. gonna bring come loaded with you know with content and devices but you you uh 
ordered if you wanted a, a food, you know, food items, and they had everything. It was, the menu was on the Wi-Fi, and you could go on and you you pay and all of that stuff. Interestingly, free internet for everybody. Mm. Oh, nice! And it was good and fast and easy, so you good. could. You could, te- you know, stream if you wanted to. It was, it was that good. It was like, you know, the how Je- not as good as JetBlue. Je- JetBlue is unbelievable, um, but it was, <laughs> it was reliable. It was easy. Everybody could use it. Multiple devices. Not no login required. But the way that the service worked was there was no cart run. There was no drink run. There was no nothing. If you had pre-ordered a meal, they went very slowly through the cabin and delivered the meals that were ordered uh, with a with a bottle of water to those that had pre-ordered. The in-flight shopping was turned off. You could browse everything, see the prices, but you couldn't actually transact. It was it said uh, because they were busy. Because they were busy and and we th- we were wondering like is it going to be off for the whole flight? So when they eventually got to our row delivering these pre-ordered meals, we said can you help us understand what the process is? And he said, as soon as we're done, we'll turn it, we'll turn it on. Um, and it was, in, it was excruciatingly slow. I think it was a newish system. They were still getting to grips with it. There were some, there's, there was limited oven space. We let, I oh. later found out. So they would cook a batch, deliver it, wait for the next batch to be to, wow. and then deliver it and all the way and all the way down. So how, how full was the flight? Would you say ish? In economy, yeah, fifty percent. Oh, so it's, yeah, well, it's, it's not that. If yeah. that, I mean, wow. I mean, it's good for you because you had some room uh, to play with. Yeah. Well, how was the? So, I know I'm, I'm disrupting your flow. Not but at all. How was the the comfort of the seat? The seats were were more than comfortable. Um, nothing spectacular, but not noticed. Would you have done? Sorry, I'm going to turn the question differently. Would you have done? How comfortable would you have been? Same flight, full flight, so not like a second row to kind of expand your legs or whatever. Uh, with Megan next to you, how comfortable would you have been? Would you have been okay? Well, we had that. We had that on the way back. Okay, and oh, the you night tell flight. So I'm just and sorry. it was it, they were they were more <laughs> than comfortable. So I think uh, it, it's a good it's a good setup. They have the tablet holders built into the seat in front of you because okay. they know that's exactly what's going to happen. We we ended up ordering uh, after they turned it on. I had a a Japanese beer and a ramen. Of course, pot, you know, cup noodle. How was it? Excellent. Of course, it was excellent, and it was all comes in this cute little holder with a with your chopsticks and everything. Uh, and then Megan had a different uh, cup noodle and all of that. So it was, and that was kind of we brought snacks and so it was well, more than more than you needed. And the sun eventually set or rose or set again because you miss out an entire day because of the dateline. Yeah. And we landed in. And we had a bang on, bang on time, actually. And it was hilarious, actually, because you land, and you know this better than anyone, you taxi for like days and days and days and yeah. days. But as soon as we touched down, all the windows fogged up. So you had absolutely no idea where you were. Oh, because, yeah, because you're, it's in the summer, yeah. so it was super hot. hot yeah. and humid. And you're, and you're, so you were not able to see <laughs> the, uh, the, the last farms remaining on, yeah. uh, on the taxiways. Uh, you know the people the holder guys we did uh, Narita and this early, is by early, the way yeah. Narita is going to be the, the title of this episode because I want to hear now what Alex experienced at Narita uh, but we did it on episode 50 
where I told the story because it, it was the main airport I was using. Haneda was nowhere. It was like the, the international Haneda was a shed back mm. then. So now it's a not proper airport. Um, it was only domestic, basically, uh, Haneda. The, um, it's still an airport I love. And they, so they are, um, it's a long battle that has been since the creation of that airport. There are still very few, however, compared to even when we recorded episode 50, uh, holdouts of people that were never, that never agreed to sell their lands that are still basically farming in the middle of the airport, yeah. <laughs> which is a great site if you know how to look for them when you're taxiing. And you can also see some the walls, the external walls of Narita because they had previously had secure, the army basically yeah. was securing the airport. It is a crazy story. Anyway, so, oh yeah, fuck, yeah, well. And, but yeah, the taxi takes forever. <laughs> it does, and it, it, you know, you we eventually emerged. It eases you in into Japan. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I knew as soon as that happened, like, oh, it's gonna be hot. <laughs> uh, and you, you know, you get off the airplane. It was very, very quiet uh, in the terminal because it was ten o'clock at night. We were in a yep. um, a part of the the terminal that was really only for domestic stuff or or regional stuff, and most of those flights had had either. Uh, arrived or were, were arriving much later, so we were th we were the only flight in immigration, so we were through very quickly. Oh, good. The one non aviation thing I, I noticed what, and I had sort of forgotten, but was abruptly reminded by. We approached the. We had to go through separately. I approached the the immigration officer. Uh, who spoke not a lick of English, not a single word of English, and was mm -hmm. asking me to do things, and I, we had to sort of mime, not mime to each other. But then you had the added barrier of him wearing a mask, so you couldn't. And I have terrible hearing, so it, couldn't tell. I couldn't yeah. like. I'm like, I'm really sorry. I felt like an idiot, but eventually we got there. I was like, oh yeah, I got a brush you, up on my. Do Japanese. you remember? Do you remember which terminal? Because he was not the three is the terminal, the low cost. He was not that one or two, one. It was one. I wonder, were there no, they're not e-gates, but basically the last time I went, I was 2019, I was in the summer and then again in December, 2019, they were installing in both times I was in Narita, I think. They were installing some types of machines. I wouldn't call them e-gates. Sometimes a machine that will help you basically fill out that little form yes. that you have to do. Uh, it was really the beginning of it, so basically it made no sense because I was at the machine and there was a, a, crew, a staff next to each machine. So I'm yeah. like, why would you bother? No. So how was that? They didn't have those. They have them for Japanese okay. citizens and residents. But in, interestingly, when we left, they have them for outbound immigration. Okay, so, okay, good. And I, I if we get to that today, there's... I, there's a, yeah. No, we'll, we'll get. We have an hour, so we, we, should, we will get there. Because the... That help. The only reason I'm uh, the only reason I'm saying that is that, of course, if you have to use a touchscreen, then of course a lot of the barrier of the language is helped yes. because suddenly you know, okay, that's what we I need we to do. didn't have that um, wow. that option, okay. and and you know, it was it was it was fine, and it went through, and I was like, it was a it was a reminder that uh, <laughs> you know this is this is Japan. How was Narita? Was it easy? Which um, so. You were, because I realized which location you were, so Akihabara would going towards Ueno, I was wondering if you had actually not ended up taking the Skyliner instead of the Narita Express yes. because the Skyliner arrives at Ueno. Yeah. Is that what you... We did, we did. We went to 
We took the Skyliner. Maybe before, how was the whole going out of Narita? Easy, easy, and you're straight down into the train station. And it's, yeah, it's, because you were asking me, and it was like, yeah, but the train yeah. station was bustling. Even at half past ten, quarter to eleven at night, it was bustling, and there were a lot of people yeah. coming in from domestic flights. Everybody going home, and but you know, you're there, and you you navigate the you know hilariously com complicated ticket machines uh and we you know <laughs> so i'm deliriously happy and trying to make sure that megan's not feeling overwhelmed or 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 whatever and she's very kind of like oh, go with the flow jump on the skyline we actually took it to nipori station because that was perfect oh. to connect to uh the subway to get to within walking distance of our hotel but it was a breeze and it was nice to be able to see you know the outskirts of Tokyo and then you get, you know, denser and denser and denser and then you're I right in that. the heart of everything. So it was, it was very easy. I know that it makes way more sense to land at Haneda if you have a choice. I mean, of course here, um, Zipair lands at Narita, but I love this because I'm like, I'm more and more in the city, more and more mm -hmm. in the city, you know, like you can, like you said, the density, the height of yep. the buildings. At first it's like farmland. And then seeing like, oh wow, yeah. this is the beginning of Tokyo. Yeah, and then like, yeah. wow, this is Tokyo. I and like it. I don't know why. Bridges and you've got like, Yes, people walking next to you, and yeah, so it, it's a great introduction to Tokyo. And then I sort of like, we get onto the, we'd use the, the the Suikas on our phones, which is so much easier now. You can use your. Oh, that was a question I was about to yeah. ask you because whilst you were in Japan, or maybe just when you left, they announced that they are because of supply chain issues, they cannot, you cannot buy any Suica cards yep. or Passmo cards anymore. Yep. So if you have one and. I do. You also had one mm -hmm. because when you came for the first time with me back in the day, you bought one, but you couldn't. I was I was wondering how would Megan, if you had been able to buy one for Megan? No, so it's an app or how it's, it is? It's built into the Apple wallet. Um, there are a lot of transit cards that are, well, actually not that many. There's a few. But you need to register? No, it's very easy. Uh, you just, wow. yeah, you can just um, sign up and add add money to money. it and oh. you don't even they have the kind of transit mode for those passes and you don't even need to unlock your phone or anything you just yeah, yeah. you can yeah you can do that also here in london and can you do that on your watch as yep. well have you tried mm -hmm. wow Go straight through it's very it. easy really easy to add um value to it so awesome. that was that was how we got around and then you know, jump out and I'm sort of skipping down the street to, to you know, because I'm just so happy to be here and went, <laughs> literally went straight to the Lawson and got an egg sandwich <laughs> and beer and, you know, went to sleep. But it was wonderful to be back in Japan. And even though it was unbelievably hot, it was so, so hot. I told you yep. the summer in in Tokyo, in Japan in general, but in Tokyo is sweltering hot. It looks like you're in Southeast yeah. Asia. It's it like was literally 36, 38 degrees. Talking to Joseph and a few other people, it was unprecedented um, how yeah. consistently hot and and humid it was. But you know, you get on with it, and we we had yeah, a, we had a great time um, and enjoyed it. How did you? So did you? Before you go to your flight back, did you use? Mostly the train, of course, to do because I've seen you were in, probably in Kyoto in, in Osaka. I'm pretty sure because I, I know that you've seen Joe. Mm -hmm. Hi, Joe. Joe Allen was now in Osaka. Yeah. Uh, so you use it. You didn't, didn't use any uh, flights. No, we flight. went. To, uh, we went to Hakone for a couple of nights, and then Kyoto, and then Osaka, and all of that was done on the Shinkansen and and some regional trains, um, and that was very yeah, easy. Hakone, when when you posted some 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 of your footage of Hakone, because I've done that like. 
when I was living there very early on, so I've never done it again. I was like, oh, wow, that reminds mm. me so much. It's lovely. It it's doesn't lovely. change. It has at the same time. It was, it was beautiful. Yeah. So it's, guys, it's a next, it's one of the day trips. I would prefer to do it in two days, but too. you could do it a day trip from Tokyo. So it's pretty, pretty cool. You know, Shinkansen, they, um, uh, they announced as well that they are removing the, um, the food carts. Yeah. So they already, it used to be, that's what I was talking about. Again, travel. I used to land in Narita. I would take the Narita Express. And in the Narita Express, there was a lady with a food mm. cart. And I would always take the same thing, the katsu sandas, or the, the sandwich with a kind of roasted pork and a canned coffee, uh, can kohi. And that was my staple. Mm. And then they removed that service from the Narita Express. So I said, okay, I need to buy that at Narita and then bring it to, with me. But that service remained on some of the Shinkansens and now they are announcing they're removing it. And I know that you can do the uh, Ekiben. So Eki means station, train station, and Ben is a bento box. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the, the, the meal box, the box meal, whatever. So they are, you can buy at the station. But for me, I, I love to see the person come with a cart. Yeah, it's cute. And you choose and you pay and now they're removing yeah. it. And I'm like, I'm becoming this old guy that says, back in the day, it was better. But I... <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> I do, I, I do like the Ekiben, and, and Megan got a kick out. We did it uh, two or three times, and just the the the, the volume and breadth of, of of product, as well as the yeah. frankly the quality, is just is incredible. It's quite, so yeah. it's hard to hard to beat, hard to beat. So we and enjoyed that. Did you, so you enjoyed? It. Did she enjoy Japan? Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think she enjoyed Osaka the most. Well, Hakone because it was just so otherworldly but i think she enjoyed osaka the most and uh i do too. yeah osaka is a fun city yeah, i love it well. i love it very much yeah. yeah we saw joe twice so it was great went to some some fun isekais and ate and and drank and and got to catch up with him yeah, so it was it's perfect man. it's perfect but yeah ah, so you yeah well i'm so happy i'm very obviously jealous but since i'm very happy that you went back and that she discovered uh, discovered it and did you you filled your belly with a uh, tamago sando yes. from Lawson? Oh yeah, on, she. I think she on. said that was one of her favorite discoveries of Japan. And I'm like, see, it's uh, <laughs> you're you're addicted. You're physically dependent. I think last time, I was maybe not last time. One of these time, I've done the. Um, I decided to go for all three. So Family Mart, uh, ah. Lawson, in Seven Eleven. And I tried and I made like, I think I even made maybe an Instagram story that I must have somewhere in my archives about the differences. And of course, the, the Lawson is still the best, but they're like, depending on your taste and what you appreciate in the egg or maybe the, the surrounding, it's like, yeah, they're all good, but the Lawson is the, the legendary one. And, and, and because of the, the strength of the yen or weakness of the yen, yeah. Japan feels incredibly cheap at the moment. Yeah. Incredible, and it has yeah, a reputation. It's always had a reputation of being a very expensive country. It was such good value, and you really appreciated it. I mean, you know that because you've been now a um, few, few, few times. But the, um, the devil's biggest secret is that Tokyo is expensive, or Japan is expensive. Because if you know, you can go to like the small eateries, and he's not going yeah. like putting the currency aside. It can be still very cheap, so. Yeah. But it's true that they are. They are. We said that in a few episodes ago. They're raising the price of the Japan Rail Pass. Mm -hmm. There is like a few. You know, of course, you know they have to keep up with inflation. Yeah. So, and by the way, that Japan Rail Pass hadn't been, ex, you know, increased since like 1980 or something. So at some point, yeah. they, you know, they had to do it. It's inevitable. Uh, yeah, but still, yeah. Ah, man, I'm I'm so happy. Well, anyway, I'll, I'll let you probably go. Oh, yeah, just one question: How busy did it feel? It, As in, yeah, I, it, it felt 
pre-COVID, I mean, we we went on our first uh, on our first morning. We went to um, I can't remember the name of the, the big shrine. Um, one of the big shrines in Tokyo, and we went very early. A because we were jet lagged, and B because it was going to be hot. But I wanted to show Megan. It was one of the first places I'd been to in Tokyo on my first journey. And we got yeah, we were together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we got there at about eight a.m. And by the time we left at half nine, it was full of tourists, just heaving. Yeah. Uh, as as it as it always felt like it used to be. The the trains were were busy. It, it just felt normal. It felt like pre-COVID. Um, Hakone was yeah. I've heard busy. that yeah. And Kyoto was was busy. Kyoto, Kyoto was was busy. Yeah, the the markets like the food market uh, was full of tourists, absolutely ram packed. Um, so it yeah, like you said, 20, 2019. I mean, I've heard that the numbers is still thirty percent lower than the twenty nineteen. I mean, this is not the latest numbers. Probably they will be updated soon. But yeah, well, it's, it's because it, that it, that um, the Chinese tour licenses have not been uh, well update. There are. I saw that. They're starting. I mean, it's not only for Japan. You know, Chinese couldn't leave in any kind of tour yeah. for. I think there were more than eighty countries. Whatever they couldn't go, yeah. and it's just been now. Yeah. So they will be able to come back to Japan, which will make up for that. Uh, yeah, you. So. Yeah, I mean, you go to some of the big, the big uh, shrines in Kyoto, and it was adding on um, tour groups would make it horrible, just yeah. in terms of the density of people. There were a lot of Korean tourists. That was by far the uh the biggest the biggest uh, demographic there i'm gonna go back to back in my day yeah yeah <laughs> the old old person uh, shouting at clouds but uh, that i am but the uh the yeah i'm happy to have done kyoto back in the day yeah. when there was very few people because uh, uh, matt matt drink water mm. uh was currently in japan he's in kyushu right now but he was in, in kyoto i think two weeks ago we just missed each other by uh, very a few days i think he, um, he posted an Instagram story like saying there are still um, temples that are not busy, but you need to go out a little bit of the the ones that you know everybody they want to do one day in Kyoto they're gonna yeah. do the same four ones whatever, and uh, and in, indeed he was filming and some of them were like uh, were empty and I, I know them That's, uh, anyway yeah. hi Matt because he's also listening probably don't listen now listen when you come back to. London. Anyway, uh, go on. So, oh, vending machines. You just released. It was really, it's really fun because I also have the same obsession about vending machines. Uh, you release an episode on attaché on your YouTube channel, uh, a mini episode, as you call it. This is a very cute vignette that you. I, I am obsessed with them. I, I think it's such a, it's such an. But we disagree on one thing. Whoa. Okay. I don't like Bukhari sweat. I never did. You're not the only person to have commented that. I think it's... Um... Everybody was trying to convince me that I need to drink this when I was living in Japan. And I drank it. And it's true. I understand the kind of, you know, the hydration mm. value of it. And I can drink it. It's not that I hate it or I dislike the taste. It's not something I do really enjoy. And I know that is the opposite for with you. And I was like, I was watching this video. I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> can coffee every day yeah. of the week. I can... I can do like one hour now discussing which kind of coffee is the best and which one, at which period of the year. And um, by the way, you know that, I mean, you didn't say because you were in the summer. I don't think you said when you, when you put your, your cash, you know, like you said, they light mm -hmm. up which ones are available in the, in October, when they turn, they start to turn for the ones that are hot, 
it blinks blue if it's a yes. cold one, it blinks red if it's a hot one. I love I it. Failed to I mention love that, it. Yeah. This level of attention to detail yeah. in Japan is it's great. very unique, and uh, 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 I was determined to make that little. <laughs> and my wife is very tolerant and patient. So, <laughs> was she as well? Tolerant about because I can see right now there's two things that strike me watching and you guys don't watching Alex. First is like there's a new lamp in your background yeah. that is probably very Japanese and clearly a souvenir. But also what you wear on your head, uh, Tokyo Yakult, which is uh, the baseball team. I'm pretty sure you went to see a baseball game. We did. And actually, she, she, we both agreed that that was one of the highlights for us because we're, we're both big uh, baseball fans and we are both big. We love food. So it was a it was a great experience, and it was on our uh, the anniversary of the day we met. Uh, oh, so we nice. we scheduled it to be that because the the day before was my birthday, and I went and did stuff that I wanted to. Well, we we did stuff that I wanted to, but it was it was great. We went to see the Yakult Swallows play in the Meiji Jingu Stadium, which is one of the oldest ballparks in the world, let alone Japan. And unfortunately, they're they keep talking about tearing it down, but it, which seems like a, a crime to me. And we had the absolute best time. It was so great. It's fun, huh? Oh, my God. It was so good. The food options were incredible. The atmosphere was amazing. It was a Wednesday or Thursday night, and it was it was a sellout crowd. The uh, people around nice. us were all really friendly. Just, just fantastic. Really, really wonderful experience. At the end of the fifth inning, fireworks, because it's firework festival season in Japan, and so... <laughs> just all of the little familiarities and also the things that were completely different and, and wonderful and unique and surprising. It was, it was great. Uh, definitely a highlight of the trip for both of us. So, um, I'm so happy. Yeah. It's fun. It's so different to watch a baseball game in Japan than it is in, in the U S yeah. because it's the other big market. It's uh and Japanese are actually big fans of it's still a number one sport. Oh yeah. Sure, e easily. I mean, it was, we couldn't, we were thinking about going to a game in Osaka as well, but we couldn't get, it was sold out. They were sold out. Oh, so it's, it's a bit, you know, these were weekday games as well. It was a, it's a big, big sport, a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. I remember I played corporate a little bit. So I was, yeah, <laughs> they saw this tall guy, like, okay, this tall guy must know baseball. And I mean, I was, I mean, I played a little bit with you. Remember we yeah, played softball yeah, yeah. in, but I mean, I'm really, I mean, I'm, I, just, I know how to run and that's basically it. And they said, <laughs> okay, Paul, you're going to be a pitcher. I'm like, oh my God. And it was like a corporate team, you know, so they play against other yeah. companies and they invited me. I was not part of uh, corporate, but they invited me. And uh, I, I went all in. I went to uh, a, sh a store and I bought the Matsui's Yankee mm -hmm. outfit. <laughs> like that. That's amazing. Because I said, you know what? I'm not making a decision. I'm not making a choice of which team I'm supporting. I'm not going to, you know, embarrass myself by saying I'm supporting X team over Y team because, you know, in a corporate environment, I didn't want to have anyone offended. So I yeah. took like Matsui. Perfect. Yankee, everybody was so happy to see me. So, but I probably they made them think that I was even better. That I sucked, right? <laughs> and I made I was the worst, probably the worst fucking pitcher they ever saw. And I made them lose the game, probably as well. I mean, we lost clearly, and I think it was a big factor in it. And you know how they are; they are were too polite to say so. They're like a good effort. I'm like, yeah, good effort, good effort. right? I, mean, I know that. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's a dark, it's a dark spot in my career. Anyway, go back to let's go back to flying. Because time is flying. So you back to Narita, I guess? Yeah, we... Or unless there's other things you want to mention no, no, about no, no, Japan. No, 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 it was Sorry, great. I, I mean, to. I could go on that for hours and hours about it. But it was yeah. it was great. And we, we I had booked us on ANA um, from Itami um, just because it's there and it's closer. And they were... It was one, actually the, the, one of the few 
flights that went to Narita because we had to get back to Narita to get our zip air flight to Honolulu. Oh, so you didn't train that. You actually took a fl- uh, domestic we flight. We took a domestic okay. flight, yeah. And okay. actually, weirdly, well, not weirdly, um, JAL and ANA and all of the other Japanese airlines are constantly going to Haneda from Itami. Of course, because that's the city airport, yeah, Haneda. Yeah. a city airport to a city airport. But JAL and ANA had one flight a day each from Itami to Narita. Okay. And that fortunately, the timing worked out perfect. Um, I chose ANA over JAL. Of JAL, I would have got a little bit of status and points and blah, blah, blah. But mm-hmm. the timing wasn't as comfortable. And I'm very glad I made that choice. And I'll, I'll tell you why. But the last time I went to Itami was with Greg and Joseph. And I think we were flying up to Sapporo. I think we were flying to Sapporo. And we it, it has changed a lot since then. It has been th- okay. refurbished. What used to be a quite a London city type airport with, you know, we don't have a lot here, but we're going to get you out on time attitude, which is by all means good with me. There's this central rotunda after security, after security, but before you get to where all of the gates are, that's now a very quite posh food court. Oh. Nice. And so you've got a you've got a Starbucks, obviously, and a little you know combini that doesn't sell anything combini ish, and then all of these very good uh, um, restaurants. Some specializing in dumplings, some one specializing in eel, and then others in in kind of sets, the set meals. And so we went for that, and it was great and cheap and easy. And it when you get out to the gates, it's you're like, oh, it is still quite a oldish airport, low ceilings, um, the kind of varnished tile floors and all of that. And I'm looking at at my watch and looking at my watch and looking at my watch. The plane's there. It's fine. It's a 737-800. And I'm like, we're supposed to leave in 20 minutes and we haven't started boarding. And then I'm like, oh yeah, we're in Japan. Sure enough, right? (laughs) 20 minutes before, everybody on. (laughs) <laughs> sit down, take off, bang on time. No, no, yeah, no issues whatsoever. They had the same deal with the Wi-Fi and the IFE. They came around and did a, did a drink service. It's only an hour flight up to up to Narita, but it was comfortable and easy. It was there's something almost sort of old school about it. It was like flying on United in the '90s, and and in the best oh. possible way. It was full service. There was no IFE screens. There was no. There was a drop down screen, and the drop down screen was playing like golf highlights. I love it. You know, <laughs> you know, it felt so nineties and, and. Oh wow! I loved it. It was it was it was great. And wow! While we um, while we were flying, I was sort of flicking through um, the news and and stuff and. There had been a lot of weather developments in Japan, and there was a typhoon coming up from yep. from the Pacific, from the south. We'd actually thought about going to Okinawa, and I'm very glad we didn't because they got absolutely dunked on, and they were yep. evacuating a lot of people out in the flights from from Okinawa, mm-hmm. from Naha to mainland, or the bulk of Japan were, were rammed. As we were coming into Narita, the captain comes on and goes, in 30 seconds, there's going to be turbulence. What? That was very precise. Yeah. It was very precise. And I think he, because we were 
dodging thunderstorms along with everybody else, cumulonimbus clouds to get into to, to, to Narita. And I'm looking out the windows and I'm seeing these things tower above us going, this is going to, but it was, he's like in Japanese and then in English in 30 seconds, there's going to be turbulence. And, and in 30 seconds, we went into a cloud and there was some juddering, nothing, nothing that I ever would have thought needed a, but maybe they could see on the weather radar or somebody had said ahead of them. It's a nice, it's a nice heads it up. Was. I thought, how, how on brand for <laughs> being so precise. We've joined the queue to land and we land and we, we taxi in parallel to our gate area and mm-hmm. then we stop. No, of course, no one. How long did you have to transfer there? Because I remember that was one of your questions. We had you were saying, Paul, how long should I need? Four hours. How, how long did you? Oh, okay. And we had to, we had, by this point, we had a, I had accumulated quite a lot of stuff in Japan. And so we had already packed <laughs> duffel bags. I knew this was going to happen. So we had checked in bags. Uh, ah, that's a very, that's a, I forgot to mention this because it happened to me the last time I was in Atami. They have, you can check in online and then you can go and do the bag drop. They have a, a row of mm-hmm. bag drop machines. They're these mm-hmm. beautiful things. You put your bag in and this big door f- closes in front of it and it weighs it and checks the dimensions. And then you, you put your bag on, your bag tag on and you leave. We get up there and the, the person sort of ushering you to the machine looks at us and goes, mm, where are you going? And I said, well, we're, we're going to Narita, but She's like, is that your final destination? And I said, kind of. It's, it's, it's the, we have to collect our bags and then recheck in because we're going on zip to Honolulu. She's like, oh, I might be able to check you all the way through your no bags. Way. And I'm like, I bet you can't. Because <laughs> how could you? How could you possibly? And I'm not saying this. I'm thinking this. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, no, no, it's okay. Because we were first in the queue and I could see the queue over by the, uh, the full service check-in was yeah. was long and slow. And I thought, this different carrier, different reservation, unless mm. there's some Japanese magic happening that I hadn't <laughs> learned about. But I'm like, hey, you know what? That would be flipping great because I wouldn't need to go air so- at landside. Give it a whirl. Go over to the check-in desk and she- I explain, hey, we're going to all the way. She's like, oh, okay, let me just, you know, do you have your... Your ticket, for your boarding pass for your next place. Yeah, sure. No, here it is. She's ticket. She's like, tap, 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 tap. And I'm like, wow, maybe she's actually going to be able to do this. Out come the bag tags. She's like, I couldn't because it's on a different carrier and a different reservation. I'm like, oh, uh, so just like I said. And the same, th- you know, it happened to me once. Dubai was able to forward, uh, forward, whatever. I was able to do from Emirates to Cathay Pacific. And this just said, fine, maybe because it was Dubai. I um, think anyway, because a lot of these airlines have interline baggage agreements that it does actually yeah, work. Yeah, but it, 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 I would have been amazed if JAL and ANA had uh, reciprocal agreements. And of course they didn't. So <laughs> but if we, we go through anyway. We, we, um, we had four hours. We left on time and I thought, okay, or maybe like three and a half. And... I thought in three and a half hours, we have to collect our luggage, go through, check in at Zip Air, and drop our bags off, go through uh, security, go through outbound immigration, and get I'm like, that That feels like enough. Same terminal. Yeah. So we land, and we stop on the, on the taxiway. No one gets up. Of course, they don't get up. 
Mm-hmm. And we wait, and we wait, and we wait, and we wait, and we wait. Engine shot down. I'm like, oh, God. Uh-oh. Captain comes Uh-oh. on and says, uh, there's a thunderstorm passing overhead. Um, and so the plane that's on our gate isn't able to taxi back. Um, so we just need to wait until wait, wait, wait comes on and says, they've shut the whole airport down because it's dangerous for the, the ground personnel to be on the, uh, you know, so the whole airport is shut down. And I'm, I'm thinking, first of all, completely understand you you can't put these people's lives at risk. You know, there's lightning. Happened to me a few times in Japan in airports when the typhoon season. They they, shut it all down. And he said, I'll know more in half an hour. And this is, we've already been on the ground for half an hour. And I'm like, shit, thinking we had, you know, we had all this time. We only had two two nights in 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 Hawaii. Thinking, oh man, this is gonna be. We wait and we wait, and I'm I'm on flight radar and I'm on live ATC and I'm watching all of these planes land and stack, and they were just stacking us all up and you know it was neat for me because in a way i I like oh there's the there's the ana a380 with the sea turtle on it and that's cool that novelty wore off pretty quickly and i'm listening (laughs) to the various frequencies trying to get a sense of you know what what was happening and um eventually the engine spooled up and i could hear them starting to release airplanes to taxi for takeoff they were start they were taking off planes that had already left the gate and pushed back they were allowing to take off so i knew that the, and you could see on our side of the airplane uh blue blue skies and then darkness on the other side eventually they released us and we went in and uh there were a lot of but of course they had handled everything Everybody had been rebooked that was going to miss their connection. Everybody, uh, they had com- people waiting at the gate, uh, at, the, at the threshold of the jet bridge saying, if you're on this flight, come with me. If you're on that flight, go over here. We didn't have that, of course, because we were on unconnected reservations. So we walked speedily to the, to the baggage claim. Our bags came out quickly and easily, and they were all stacked up nicely. Grabbed them, went down to zip. And ah, so it was the same. Terminal. It was the same terminal. Yes, it was the same. You walk a little bit around, Good. and then you are up into the departures area. So, so terminal. Good. So you didn't have to terminal switch one, terminals, which is which, again because you remember you were asking me the yes. question about about the bus yeah. because there's a bus that goes like clockwise, whatever. Which yeah, would okay. have been shut down, and the queues for that would have been insane if we had tried to to do that. And that's another reason why I chose A and A because they were. I was the about same to say terminal. because Jal, you would have ended up in the other. Maybe yes, yeah, no, no, it would have because I had looked at the the bus diagrams that you had recommended, and it wasn't difficult or long, but it would have been another step. And at that point, we didn't have much time for another step, so that's another reason why it shows. You come into the big hall at at Narita. Eventually, found the zip check-in desk, and we got into the queue to check in. And this woman says, "No, no, come! I can do. we, We can do it on the on the." the kiosk and then you just go around and drop mm-hmm. your bag off. I was like, brilliant. I don't know. Wait in this queue. It's a lot of people. And she tried. Uh-uh. Oh, no, it's oh. just this machine. Don't worry. And she's sort of pressing buttons and looking around and not actually looking at the screen. I'm like, Oh, you didn't see the error message. It just came up. It didn't work on this one. Try again. Meanwhile, a person gets in the queue, person gets in the queue, person gets in the queue, person. Gets in the queue, person gets... It's just like, Oh no, you're sorry. It didn't work. You're going to have to get in the queue. I'm like, oh. 
And it was, Paul, without exaggeration, easily the slowest check-in process I have ever experienced in my life. Um, It took, and I was already a little on edge because I was looking at the time, like, we're all in check-in. They're not going to leave without us. We're here. But I had realized that we were able to get into the A&A lounge because on my, with my Amex, I was like looking forward to just resting for a little bit. And slow and slow and slow because they were being unbelievably rigorous on bags. And so people were then having to repack all of their bags oh. Oh. and then try and figure out. And then it was like, oh, I didn't know. I, I, I can't. And they're like, they're not making them leave, and then they're making it. T- and so, uh, my carry-on was overweight. So they're like, "You, are, you, you have to check it in." I'm like, "Can I just pay the fifty-five bucks?" And like, "Nope, you got to unless you oh. booked it online. You got to pay, or you got to check it in." You get how 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 over the limit were you? Mm, enough for them to go. Eh, I'd maybe a kilo and a half. Oh God, that's frustrating. But the flight was completely full, one hundred. So did you have to? Did you have to check in? I checked, which I didn't really care about. It was one less thing to worry about. Yeah, well, fine. Um, just... And I had already anticipated this might happen, so I had moved anything out of it that I couldn't bring on, like batteries or anything like that. Yeah. You go through. It, I. It took about an hour to get through all of oh, this, and God. I'm like, well, we've got maybe we get maybe forty five minutes in the lounge. And so you go through security, easy. And then the immigration, like I mentioned, they had machines. And I I wasn't thinking and I was tired. And I used my U.S. passport on it because I was going to the U.S. And I didn't want it to go, oh, you don't have an ESTA or, or whatever they have. You know, we, I need. Yeah. And it was like, and this elderly Japanese woman who was working on it, she's like, uh, try again, try again. And I was like, ah, and I pulled out my British passport and she looked at me like I was a friggin' idiot. <laughs> she's like, is that the passport you came in on? I'm like, this one is. She's like, use that one. Of course it goes straight through <laughs> customs. No, no, no problem. It, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was cute. And it, it was, I'm sure you remember this, but it's the A&A lounge that's underground. So yes. you, the smaller of the, we could have gone to the big one with the, with the view, but it was on clear yep. across the other side. This one was literally just below our gate. Yeah. And so we went there and they have a, a, an or, a, a food ordering system where you can order things. They'll be prepared for you. Your little buzzer goes off. Um, and then you, uh, you're delivered. They've got the wonderful beer pouring machines where you set your glass I in and it pours it at the this right angle. This is my favorite feature. Robot, yes, the beer the robot. Angle. And to, and to me, uh, it's the goodbye to Japan. Yes. Yeah. I always take the beer and I look at it. I always take, I must have like 20 million videos on my phone because I'm like, I'm going to film it every single time, pouring the beer slowly yeah. with the angle and putting the, the, back, the, 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 the glass back like vertically, like every single time. It was time. perfect. And it, it was a, a fitting end to the, to the trip. And we had 45 minutes in there and we go to the gate and it's a lot more chaotic than it was in San Francisco because there's twice as many people for starters, but it yeah, but chaotic usually is not very. It Japanese. was chaotic, and it was you know how I said in San Francisco it was you know row X to Y, and now row X to Y, mm-hmm. and now row X to Y. It was rows one to nine, rows 
50 and up. Oh. So over the back okay. of the plane. They were trying to fill both ends, whatever. Now everybody else, go. <laughs> and, you know, you get on board. And it was, at, the flight was absolutely rammed. It was a, it was a red eye, short of seven hours to Honolulu because you know, you're in the mm -hmm. middle of the Pacific. We had a lovely, lovely lady sitting next to us. She was from Korea and she was just transiting through Narita to, to Honolulu. And it was, a, it was, we had ordered a meal this time, just out of curiosity. Mm -hmm. I was like, we ordered the spicy beef rice or something and it appeared and it was uh, much faster actually than on the San Francisco flight. So okay. uh, that was great. And then you could, that, that, that service, they turned on the ordering much, much faster. The, there was a lot more crew on board, it felt like, because they had more people. I have an inkling that you did the right decision to order the meal on that flight because the catering is done in Japan yes. as well. So you're absolutely right. right because the the breadth of options available on that flight was significantly high, you know, broader yeah. than uh, than it was out of San Francisco. So it was it was fun. The food was it was it was nice. It was uh, m more than edible, and we sort of snoozed until landing in in, in Honolulu. And I'm very, very glad that we took that flight because it was the earliest flight to leave Japan for Honolulu. And I'm looking over my shoulder, <clears throat> not literally, metaphorically, <laughs> on flight radar, and the queue of airplanes coming from Japan to Honolulu was staggering. From yeah, Fukuoka, always, yeah. like five flights from Tokyo, from um, uh, Nagoya, from Hasa uh, Osaka, and then there was like five or six flights from from Seoul, all converging, and we were leading the pack. And I thought, man, if we, because we had a reasonably tight connection in in Honolulu to get to Kauai on Hawaiian Airlines, I thought if we, boy, if we get stuck behind a two three eighties from Japan. We yeah. are boned. Um, and it was, you know, it, it, because you've got Wi-Fi, I'm kind of watching the, the planes and we're dodging thunderstorms to get out of um, Japanese airspace. And um, it was actually a pretty pretty smooth flight, for, except for like an hour of turbulence. But if we had not been at the front of that queue, it's not the reason I picked it. It was I picked it because it was the cheapest, but serendipity meant that... Oof, so the price was also a very good the, price. Even with all of those add-ons, yes. it was extremely competitive compared to the full-service carriers. Good. The timing was great. I would have, it w I would have loved to have tried the 380, but it was like three or four times the price. Oh, with you with, with the So it was just yeah, it's very expensive. And it was a one-way flight, and they don't they don't do that. Of course, with with a zip you with oh. zip you can. So that that was that was great. And of course, we we land in Honolulu, and <clears throat> they. You, tat, you 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 land and there's like these F-35s and reinforced uh, F-35s or F-20s, someone will correct me, in these reinforced bunker hangars and you, you taxi in and off. Of course, immigration hall was empty because we were the first flight of the day. Yeah. Awesome. We had plenty of time because the, fl the flight ended up being early. Do you have to, you had to walk out outdoors? Yeah. Well, we you, you get down and you collect your bags and then to get from arrivals not meaning you had a you had a bridge no anyway, we had a jet bridge yep yep okay it's a it's a surprisingly big airport um because of the i mean the amount of airplanes done that in come into decade. it big 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 yeah. from all over the world is uh is yeah, staggering course, yeah, absolutely staggering and it felt like a an american airport so 
dated. But you had the luck, as you said, to be we alone. So, so everything lucky. was very quick. And of course, now with the, the luggage, American, um, because we're, we both have American passports, there was no one in the queue ahead of us. Straight through. Uh, good. Bags took a minute to come through. Uh, went over to the domestic inter-island terminal. Mm-hmm. Dropped the bags using a bag. Uh, we'd already checked in. So simple bag drop system. Really, really easy. Put your own bag mm-hmm. thing on. Up into this hilarious shared lounge, which at that point we were sort of mm. delirious with uh, with with exhaustion, and it was very you know amusingly laid out, and you know it you know what it was like being in the lobby of a Holiday Inn, oh my, you know Southern, <laughs> Southern California with all of the same kind of coffee machine and and cereals available if you wanted them. It was exactly yeah. what we needed, and then you go out into this. There's not much there in in the inter-island terminal. And there's a a 717, which I don't think I had ever flown on before. Are you flown one? Yeah, because I've never. That's, that, I don't think that's I have. what the Hawaiian Airlines inter-island fleet is exclusively made up of, is these, is these 717 mm. workhorses. And they <laughs> it comes like basically power sliding around the corner and Floors it into the gate because they're just like, let's go, everybody. Come on. It's like, man, that plane is hauling ass into the gate. The They do a cruise swap, very um, very quick cruise swap. We all get on board. We have an exit row. It's all incredibly laid back. We had flown Hawaiian Airlines before for two years ago from Oakland to Lahui, and that was on a, a brand new, brand new A321. So it was a lot more sort of polished. This was a a beat up commuter bus and it was great. Uh, we had our exit row. Um, and I, I don't want to throw Hawaiian airlines under the bus, but there was no scrutiny over what was on the floor in front of us on any uh, of the exit wow. rows. They did. They're like, yep, that looks yeah, fine. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, whatever. And we, uh, Taxi out, they're like, hey, everybody, it's uh, a short flight to Honolulu. We're going to go up, and then we're going to go down. And it was like 21 minutes. And you taxi out to the runway at 65 miles an hour and turn and burn up hard bank to the right. You don't go – I think you – I think we might have been on maybe 14,000, 15,000 feet at most. Yeah. Yeah, you don't have time. Yeah. You just slam it down in in, uh, in Lahui, an airport that Megan and I were both familiar with, and taxi, <laughs> get out, and the bags were, were, were waiting for us in the outdoor baggage handling area. Um, and uh, we, we <laughs> so that was that was kind of great. That was kind of fun. Ed. That's lovely. And I, I'm, I'm, I may have been on a mad dog before, but I'm almost certain I had never been on a 717. It's a tight little airplane. Yeah, I don't think I have. I need to check, but I don't think I'm Mad Dog. I have, but not the seven one seven. Pretty sure I've not. And so then, so you had your small holiday. Mm-hmm. We're not, I'm not going to ask you on record to tell us about the holiday. But then, did you took the same seven one seven to go? No, back? we were able to. We wanted to fly because we we would have a night stop in California. But guys, my cat is howling behind the door. I will not let her in, but you might it might bleed over the sound, so just that you... It'll be a nice break from hearing my voice for two hours. It's not someone being, like, crucified or being <laughs> tortured behind me. I live in a normal, proper people house. Sorry, go ahead. So 
We had, we were both flying back to the UK the following day. Uh, Megan had come in on Virgin, and I had because she had come much later than me, and the prices were better. Yeah. Um, and I had obviously come in on BA, and I was flying on BA out of San Francisco, and she was flying on Virgin out of San Francisco. But so you you, you still had to connect to San Francisco. No, we we decided to because of the timings, we wanted a bit more time in Hawaii, so we said we'll take a flight that gets into California at about 10 p.m. into San Jose. We'll just stay at the airport or hotel, and then we'll zip up to San Francisco the next day to connect to our respective flights. It was just easier way of doing it than yeah. But from where? From which airport in, in Lahui, uh, which is on oh, Kauai, okay, oh, which is where we flew into. So we oh, so you don't have you didn't, we have, didn't to have to go back, and we, back that was by design. And there was okay. the options. I think were a United Red Eye, which I dismissed immediately, a <laughs> Alaska flight to San Francisco or a Southwest flight to San Jose, I think a Hawaiian Airlines flight to Oakland. But Southwest give you two free checked bags. There you go. And we had, we could have done two free, two bags each and just been easy with our carry-on. I think that's what we ended up doing. Alaska, it was like 50 bucks a bag, pay for your seat. Obviously, Southwest has different protocol. Anyway, opted for Southwest very, very, very full flight. I won't get into the details of Lahui Airport because we're short on time. But no, no, we're not short on time. Did you like it? By the way, I just I'm, I'm very curious. Was it one of these? It's small... a small, quote unquote, tropical airport. Uh, very little there. Um, you know, the terminal area is tiny. It's got a little cafe that gouges you on price. It's got a little shop that gouges you on price. Um, <laughs> you, yeah, Typical. you're in a holding pen because you go through agricultural screening to go back to the mainland. So once you're through um, with your bags, you can't take them out again. So you're in this pen. And while you're in the pen, there was this guy, teenager, making all kinds of noise. I thought, you know, dude, settle down. Comes next to us. I'm like, oh, my friend, you stink of booze. Oh, you, and God. he was like, he was... <sighs> He was sweet and he was talking to people, but every now and then he would sort of yell and he would pass out and his companion, who was younger than he was, would sort of elbow him and he would kind of yell at her and I thought, my friend, you are not going anywhere. And if you are coming on this flight, that's bad news because if you kick off and we're in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, yep. what the hell are we going to do? Yep. And, and we all, we board, it's a completely full flight, sit down and I'm looking we were in the A group for boarding because Southwest does this, um, no assigned seats and you are in boarding groups and then you have a specific mm -hmm. point number in the queue and you all queue up. I know I'm, I'm 24, what number are you? Okay, well you go behind me and I'll go here. And you get on and you pick whatever seats available. And I we got on, I think we were A, 21 and 22. We get on, we pick a, a seat halfway down and I'm watching the door waiting and waiting, waiting and like, is this kid going to get on? And no, he sure enough did not get on. And everybody around us was not. like, there's no freaking way. There is no, no way that he could have gone on. It would have been, it would have been dangerous, frankly, if, if he yeah. got on. Safety issue. Yeah. And for himself, by the for way. For himself, because if he, well. yeah, if he had run into an issue, there's no, and you do think about that when you're in a twin engine, small airplane, there's no diversion points. And I was like, I was reading up out of curiosity on ETOPS and all of that and how it all works. Mm -hmm. It's really a very fascinating yeah. and interesting and rigorous, by the way, certification process. And it was a it was a 737 MAX 8. 
new-ish, maybe 12 months old. And they, Southwest have free, blazing fast Wi-Fi for everybody. Like consistently, really, really fast. They also have seven or eight channels of, no, no, more than that, maybe 25 channels of live TV. Or even over the Pacific, as well as a huge library of TV shows and movies, uh, all available for free. You paid uh, you paid eight bucks for additional sort of more robust Wi-Fi, and then free drinks for everybody, uh, sodas. We actually got we both wanted a sort of champagne to or, or sparkling wine to kind of toast a successful trip, but they didn't charge us for it. I yeah. Two snack runs, including a snack box that was all free, all included. And a very pleasant flight. Uh, Megan was sort of dozing. I was listening to to air traffic control and just spacing out and making notes for them. You know, I just... ATC is going to be by entertainment of choice. It kind of is. I find it, I'll, I'll talk about that briefly no, on, the I way over, on the way I know time. you, but like, oh, you have a choice between Fast and Furious and oh, yeah, ATC. ATC you know, it's interesting now. hearing everybody like you know, you know, talk. But here, here was my takeaway from that. It was a very good flight. I cannot fully trust the Max. Oh wow! That you still have like a something, something in your head. Something in my head that makes me think. Wow. It is the, uh, you know, we've, we've waxed lyrical about the 747 for years, but specifically more when it was retired finally or the last plane rolled. You just sit in that airplane and you feel a sense of comfort and calm and trust in yeah, that airplane at home. Yeah. yeah. And I don't, I, I felt that with the 737 prior, I feel it with the A320. Like this is such a workhorse of an airplane. But there's something about the Max 8 or the Max where I'm like, I don't trust you as an airplane. I know that you are an engineering marvel, but I don't trust you. There's something at the back of my head. I was like, I'm not expecting anything to go wrong. I know that there are thousands of flights of these airplanes a day and nothing has happened. No, we know. And we know that it's been, you know, under the microscope for Long, long time after the the accidents that have happened, so we know all that. But wow, there was this. See, human uh, psychology. We we have these things that stay yeah, with us. Right? It, it, it was really interesting. There was something wow. something about it um, that just didn't feel like basically any other Boeing airplane has ever made me feel, or Airbus. I mean, it's nothing to do with the manufacturers. So it was it it was interesting to sort of analyze that a little bit while I was flying. Going, what is that? But it, of course it was an uneventful flight. I, I am a big fan of Southwest. I was about to ask you, how did you like I, I like, if you pick the right seat, I not something towards the front or rear of the fuselage where, or the plane where the fuselage tapers in and then it feels really cramped. It's just the right balance of economy and frills and no frills. And, and you, you don't really have the option to pay for a lot of extras. Because there aren't any, but they took care of you. Like because it's a five-hour flight, they can't just say you get a pack of pretzels and a soda. They give you this whole snack box, and it was more than enough. And it was on time, and it was easy, and it was good. And I, I just, I just liked them. Arriving in San Jose was was easy. We spent the night at one of the airport hotels, and then zipped over to to San Francisco. Megan's flight left. No, my okay. <laughs> 
I had. Yeah, because that I know that I know the this story. Is, so okay, everybody, ahead. strap in, because the last ten minutes are going to be ranty. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to. Okay, let's just. I'll just tell the freaking story. We can do. We can do fifteen. We don't have a, to do only ten. Go ahead. I got a notification that my that my flight was delayed. I'm like, oh my god, really? No way. BA, why? What a freaking surprise. Belated, belated yeah. airlines. Belated, I loved that. That made me laugh. So <laughs> M- M- Megan's flight was due to leave at five. And my flight that I was booked on was due to leave at seven. And then she was going to make her way from Terminal 3 to Terminal 5 to meet me. I was taking all the all of the bags. And by the time that she... That, you're talking that Heathrow, in London. By the time yeah. she'd gone through immigration, got down to the... To the uh, Heathrow Express got on, found blah blah blah. It would have pro- it would have worked out fine, you know. It would have she would have maybe had to wait around half an hour or so. And that delay comes in. I'm like, that's just going to make it so she's got to sit and sit and sit. And I was like, well, there's a there's an earlier BA flight that leaves at four. And I went online to see if I could change. And of course, because I had a multi city itinerary. London, San Jose, San Francisco, London. Can't change it online. Mm. Can't change. I'm trying right now to change Cannot. something with BA. I need to call. Them. So I was like, well, they're still selling it. I can see on Expert Flyer that it's got more than nine seats in economy. I'm going to call. So I call and I get the, the silver call center in India. And I explain the situation. And the guy's like, okay, so you want to change to the flight to the earlier flight. And I said, yeah, because this flight is an hour late and it's really going to screw up my plans. And he's like, okay, let me put you on hold for two minutes. Puts me on hold for 10 minutes, comes back and said, it's actually 58 minutes late. And the cutoff for involuntary changes, meaning you won't have to pay a fee or fare difference is 60 minutes. So (laughs) it's going to have to be a voluntary change. And I'm like, Okay, dude, just, he's like, there's no fair difference. That's the good news. Let me go away and make this change for you. So you just got to pay the change fee, which is like a hundred bucks or whatever. Yep. And so I wait and he's like, he's like, he comes back. He's like, I'm really sorry. Can you just wait? He comes back. He's like, look, man, you're, you've been a loyal customer. So this is now going to be a, an involuntary change. I've made it oh, in, nice. an involuntary change because you've been a customer of ours for a long time. Uh, so, and I was like, man, that, thank you very much. And he's like, this is a really complicated thing. So you just please give me like 15 minutes. Goes away, 30 minutes later, comes back. He's like, all right, it's not letting me do the change. Oh my God. Give me a second. He puts me on hold. He's like, <laughs> I, I brute forced it. You should have your ticket. Can you check your email for me? And sure enough, I had my ticket. Nice. And he's like, I, he's like, I was not going to, to fail on this because I told you I could That's do good. it. And I was, I really appreciate it. So I, I got it. And then <laughs> we get in an Uber to go, <clears throat> excuse me, from San Jose airport to San Francisco and on the way <clears throat> notification that my flight is delayed. <laughs> 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 and so now Megan and I are leaving at exactly the same time ish. And that's, that's fine. That's, that's fine. So we, she had no check bags. I had the check bags. Go to BA, the BA check-in. They check me in, bam, bam, like super quick. Um, priority bags on. There's no one in in, um, in in the check-in. And she says, look, the 
the flight's full. I'm like, do you have any window seats? And she says, no, I'm I'm sorry, but ask at check-in. Maybe they'll be able to sort you out. Uh, And I said, well, you know, it is what it is. I'm going to, it means that Megan doesn't have to wait. I have an aisle seat. It'll be fine. Whatever. We go back to our China Airlines lounge because I can't take her into the BA lounge because she's not on BA. Uh, and yeah. it turns out that my delay is creeping a little bit more and more and more. So we enjoy the China Airlines Lounge. And I say, <clears throat> I need to go uh, and uh, talk to the gate agents, but I'm going to go into the BA Lounge and do that because they have a dedicated agent and mm-hmm. they board from the lounge at San Francisco. And she was ready to go and get on her flight too. So we said our goodbyes. I go up to the to the lady at the at the lounge counter and I say hi, and I'm like, you don't have any window seats, do you? She's like, I do. I'm like, brilliant. She's like, oh. and it's the exit row. I'm like, no way, freaking jackpot. She's like, do you want it? I'm like, oh yeah, I do want it. Please, thank you very much. And so she puts me in the exit row, window seat. I'm like, brilliant. I'm so glad I did that. Went into the San Francisco BA lounge, which was very busy because they had these two flights converging because one was was delayed and they were yep. they were really coming in together w- were they both dreamliners no or? one was a 380 and actually my f- the later flight was a 380 oh, the one you were it's supposed the, to yeah, be yeah, on which was i was looking forward to being back on a 380 but oh well yeah oh yeah my flight was a triple seven three hundred um mm-hmm. which i hadn't been on in a while everybody in the lounge all of the staff were so frigging nice they're all third party yeah, of course. Uh, but it there were the a lot of the crew were speaking Cantonese, so I busted out oh. my elementary Cantonese, and of course, then I was just I was a grandson from then on. Like, you eat this, let me get you. Yeah, you need yeah, to eat more food. Let me bring you the. He's like, I'm going to give it to you before I put it out because I want you to have the fresh one. And they were so kind and so sweet this whole time. And there was a little bit of a creeping delay on the ground. Um, they were just ironing something out on board. Eventually, we board straight from the lounge, group one. I was in group two. But it turns out that by the time that we had started group one and group two, they were already at group five in the terminal. So there was this oh. convergence and then I, of, of families and passengers and gold card holders and first class passengers all meeting at this very narrow point on the jet bridge and then going down and getting on board. And I take my seat and miraculously the seat between me and the chap on the aisle remained empty the whole flight. No yeah. way. And the triples. Perfect. I, I had forgotten how much I like that airplane. It's a yeah, it's good, good airplane. It's comfortable and quiet, but it's got that sturdiness of the kind of the triple seven, 200 and the seven forty seven. Uh, it has the new IFE system. Is it Talus? I think it's Talus. Yeah. Is it Talus or Panasonic? I, I think it is. Not sure. Really, really good working. interface. Really deep content selection, of which I watched none. But I was impressed by how much they, they had. The flight attendant, and it kind of comes full circle in this conversation, sitting across from us for takeoff and landing, was an, an older lady incredibly experienced and we were, we started chatting and she was really nice, but very by the book. As soon as she's like in a minute, uh, we're going to taxi onto the to runway and you're going to hear two dings. And I cannot talk to you after that. She's like, I just want you to know that I don't want you to think I'm being rude, but I'm not allowed to. 
until they release us. I can't say anything to you and I'm sorry. But other than that, she was like, bubbly, we were chairing, you know, talking and trading tips. I love that. The very, yeah. The two things. The, the two. Yeah. So that. it's like basically Captain Crew's <laughs> turn to take off. Of course. No, no, I get that. But I mean, I love that. Was, uh, it sounds very yeah, it ominous. The way and, then I, and then she just went robotic. But it was funny because I was looking and I, Megan and I were WhatsApping the whole time. And I'm like, who's gonna go? Who's gonna get there first? You know, who's gonna get to London first? Exactly. And who's gonna who's gonna push back first? I'm like, ah, oh, we push back first. And I sent her a picture of her plane having just put back. As we and as luck would have it, we taxi across the ones and over to the two eights in San Francisco, one behind the other. And I'm in front. Uh, on the BA flight, and then I could see her Virgin flight, and I was telling the crew, the the, the cabin crew member, and the guy next to me, like, "Here's the situation, <laughs> you know, we're we're racing back to London, and, and then of course throughout the flight, they're like, so how are we doing, <laughs> you know?" And we take off out of uh, San Francisco. We hit gnarly wake turbulence from a 380 that had taken off before us, so the Emirates flight, oh. really bad, like for that second, you know, this very violent wake turbulence. Um, And you're up and off. And um, it was really interesting because almost immediately after takeoff, our, as in me and Megan, our paths diverged mm. significantly. Yeah, I was tracking you because, of course, you told me about that. You were racing. So I'm like, I'm going to track yeah. you both. And indeed. It was so interesting. Like, we, we immediately started turning north. And they went very mm -hmm. just on, a, on, a, on an easterly path. And I thought, okay, well, this is really interesting. And I couldn't, I couldn't sleep, and I was listening to air traffic control, and I became slightly obsessed with the kind of passing of the airplanes over. And I could only pick up certain frequencies reliably on the Wi-Fi on live ATC. And we're going up north, and we're hitting pockets of turbulence and, and, and stuff. And we get to Canada, just on the border, and the one I could reliably pick up was Waterloo. So I think it was Waterloo, but it was it was basically Toronto area control. So but not mm -hmm. so not to, what you're handed off of when you're basically at altitude. Yep. And it was so calm and casual and colloquial that I was just enchanted by this back and forth. And a lot of there was a lot of um storm activity so you had people asking for ride reports you had pilots saying hey I'm, you know can i go here can i go there and it was all just sort of yep you know no problem have fun and there was one like it was a canadian i think it was rouge like uh hey what's the any news about uh 36,000 feet and they're like well you're gonna have chop until for the next 90 miles but if you want to give it a whirl you're welcome to and the pilot's like Yeah, we're pretty bored up here, so we're going to give it a shot. And they got, you could hear the controller laughing. And he said, all right, cleared the three, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, okay, well, we're going. At this point, Megan is messaging me going, we are in severe turbulence. The flight crew have been sat down. We've been in this for an hour. She wasn't worried. Oh. She's like, are you in the same thing? And I was like, we've had smooth sailing the whole way. Better chance of rap, better chance yeah. of rap. And so we uh, we were about six or seven hundred miles north of them at this point. But we had obviously been as assigned the same transatlantic path because we, we, we converged 
pretty much at the That's same point. point. And I yep. was completely kind of entranced by all of this ATC stuff. So I was like looking at the all of the maps of who controls what and what frequency I should. And then you come over to the high frequency transoceanic ones. And listening to them is like listening to like something from the International Space Station. There's just this noise. There's this otherworldly high frequency noise and you can hear faint voices because obviously the people are picking them up in yes. Shannon and in northern northwest northeastern Canada and but they're picking up airplanes in the middle of the Atlantic and so it's so faint and almost creepy and ominous. At that point I was like screw this I'm going to go to sleep. But <laughs> watching our flight paths, you know, we there was a fairly significant jet stream that we crossed over this. There was a little bit of bumps, but we can, Megan and I converged. I think they might have been a slightly more Southern track, but we ended up quite close together over Ireland. We, as soon as we left Irish, the Irish coast, we tracked South towards London. They went towards Manchester and Liverpool and then went down. Mm -hmm. And I think I landed 15 minutes before her. And of course the, yeah. the uh, flight crew were delighted by that. And my seatmate was, <laughs> yes. And you sent me a little gold medal emoji. <laughs> yes, I did. But it was really, I w it was fascinating to me because I'll, I thought like, what, what were the choices made there? Why were those choices made? Who made those choices? At what point were those choices agreed upon? I'll never know the answers unless we get somebody in flight planning involved. But I just thought that it was, it was, we're not talking like small deviations, thousands of miles and initial flight plans were completely different. I would, I, so it was really interesting to me. Um, I'd like to stop talking now. I will add one. No, no, it's not because I wanted, you were landing to Heathrow. We had a, keys. the rest of that was easy. We came into the B gates. Um, Good. There was um, a brief delay, but the gate was available which is always, you don't hold your breath. Um, <laughs> deep, you know, deep plane really easily and, and, and through and bags were there as and when they should have been. Megan met me. I was able to, to go and get her a, a soda or something and some stuff for the road. And, and it was very, very, very easy. So while my flight was delayed, the, 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 the 380 flight ended up being about three and a half hours delayed in the end. Um, oh, wow. So That's I was awesome. glad I made that choice and I was appreciated, very much appreciated the chap in, in the call center who helped me. The footnote to this story is that the kids flew back uh, about four or five days after me from San Jose with their mother mm -hmm. and they were delayed for three hours. <sighs> yeah. And it was a creeping delay. Yeah, that's it. That's a trend, yeah, right? It here. was a creeping delay. There was a the plane left San Jose late, or pardon me, left London late to get into San Jose, and it was late. And it's even is it London? Is it Heathrow? Well, no, because then there was a mechanical issue on the ground in, in San Jose, and that was oh. creeping and creeping and creeping. And it's way harder when it's 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 late, and the flight didn't end up leaving till nearly eleven o'clock at night. I was supposed to leave at eight. And they landed two hours and 50 minutes late, which means it's ineligible for compensation. Oh, God. You know, and oh. uh, the report fact from that flight was very, very different in terms of how the crew were. But there's something... Like in a negative yeah, way? Good, or Not good at all. I won't get into oh. the specifics, but it wasn't good. And I, I, at BA, yeah. 
clearly have some operational issues that they need to sort out. Um, you can bring back the customer service culture, but if you can't ship a plane on time and you're canceling flights, you go on flyer talk flight, the cancellation rate is, is crazy at the moment. So yeah. I, 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 I've, I've completely dominated this episode and I apologize. You guys are very weird. No, but that was the point at this point. No, no, I wanted, we wanted that. I mean, honestly, that was, that is, I, I'm going to ask, what was, a, if you had between all the flights that you've done, is there one that was a highlight? I think, The, the first Zip Air flight, because it was such a novelty, it was yeah. such a new experience. It was just rare that you get to fly on a brand new airline. And that was, that was fun. I think that, um, that, that for me was, was the highlight. Would you, would you fly them again? 100%. Oh, absolutely. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I don't imagine that, I think they're going to be a Pacific oriented airline. I don't imagine they're going to come. No. Especially not until. Yeah. They're not going to come to Europe. No. There's no way. The economics, I don't no, think they I stuck think, up. Right? But I think I, it, I was impressed by them. I would absolutely fly them again. And what about Narita? I, I, what are your thoughts? Because you, you mostly have done uh, uh, Haneda. I mean, you, you, it's not the first time you've been to Narita. I went once when I was 15 years old for a layover. Yeah, that's what you told me. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> that's I don't, and I, I have very little recollection, uh, except going to the Jow Lounge with my dad and me and the, they had a, PC connected to the internet, which was this wild new idea. And they had a person whose job it was to sit there and help you get onto this crazy thing. She didn't speak English, I didn't speak in Japanese, but we took a selfie using the kind of dot matrix camera that the thing had, yeah. which I held on to for years because she was cute. But it was, uh, that's it. I, I liked, I, I liked Narita very much. Um, I didn't get to spend a whole lot of time there, but It's so of well course. connected, and of course, it's it's you know you get all your little bits of paper when you get onto a flight in Japan, and um, it's not it's not nearly as well appointed as Haneda, and it feels much more tired. Yeah. Um, they had yeah. one combini, which was like a walk through Seven <laughs> Eleven. You know, the, you join the queue and you walk <laughs> through and you get the bits and pieces, and then you eventually get up to the um, to the checkout checkout desk. Yeah, I don't remember which. Terminal is better than the other, to be honest. I've done both one and two. I've never done three. Um, anyway, yeah, it doesn't. I'm looking forward to go back. Yeah, I, go I'm back. already um, itching. I don't know. I don't know yet. yet. Um, uh, okay, yeah, shout out to Camille. I saw him last night. He's flying JAL. He was asking me, Paul, do you think JAL is a good airline? He's, I'm like, what are you talking about? Is JAL a good airline? Guys, China's a good airline. Um, I think we're gonna we're gonna cap it off. I'm gonna say one more thing because you said that how Jal was uh, innovative about having that uh, lounge. That, that lounge is great to this day. I don't think they have that Pasocon with the internet uh, anymore, and um, I wish because that's funny. <laughs> uh, they've introduced, and I'll let you guys with that thought, and you tell us um, if you would uh, like to do that. They've just introduced Jal the uh, anywhere, anywhere. So you can rent clothes to go to Japan. So instead of oh, yeah. having to fly with your luggage, even if it's just like a checking uh, carry-on luggage, like uh, Alex did to Zip Air, JAL has just started. It. You can rent clothes. It, it depends. So you can ask for, let's say, you stay two weeks. Of course, depends of your gender, and then you opt for the kind of clothing you want. And I think uh, I read, I didn't try it out because I didn't, I didn't um, have the time before the recording of this episode, but I think uh, they say for like uh, jeans, a hoodie and a, and a down jacket, 
which would be for like, I think six days, I think that's 70 quid. So it's basically 7,000 yen. So that's not no more 70 quid, by the way, because I'm, I have old currency exchange yeah, like in my 50. head. Uh, or the summer for five tops, three bottoms that include a linen shirt, trousers and ankle length skirt. This is for a woman, that would be 35 <laughs> bucks. And then, so basically, you rent, you, you do all this. That's a good idea. And he waits for you, and uh, you don't have to. And they're doing that for 13 months as a trial to want to see if people would do that. I'm not sure. Mm, would you? Probably not. <laughs> Same. However, I, I like it. It's I'm, a good idea. It's not yeah, for me, but I think it's a good idea. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering. I, I just I, I have like a little thing in my mm -hmm, head I want to mm -hmm. try it out. <laughs> change the color scheme. The formality, the yeah. season, the, of course, the size and everything. I'm like, hmm. and you can do that like a month in advance or whatever. Yeah, no. guys, would you do that? That what we will leave you on with the the uh, end credits. At the same time, we're gonna record. I don't know. I'm leaving in September. I have trips. You do as well. I do. Guess where I'm going? Tell me. Tell us. Tell us. Berlin. But oh. Brentwood. So I will experience the airport. Wow. Okay, that will be an episode <laughs> as well. Uh, so we have, yeah, I'll be in Europe as well. I'll probably do, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do a, we're going to do at some point an Italian episode because I would have done the trips that I've done yeah. in the summer plus more that are coming. And for some reason, all the airport starts with the letter B. Mm. So it's going to be a B Italian episode and then we'll do the B R Berlin Brandenburg. <laughs> That took like 157 years to yeah, be yeah. built and opened. Guys, no, not guys, Alex, thank you so much because no, that was- Thanks for enduring me. No, I loved it. I loved it. And uh, I'm sure everybody did. Guys, see you in the next one. I don't know where that is. Safe jobs, guys. Happy flying.